0: It's 70 degrees now at DVM, Val Porter. Roseanne Barr is blaming Ambien for the racist tweet <laughs> that got her hit show canceled by ABC yesterday. She took the racist kind. <laughs> she forgot. It was a tweet about former Obama White House advisor mm-hmm. Valerie Jarrett that got her canned. Barr took to Twitter... After the cancellation to apologize and told people not to defend her, she blamed the sleep aid in the late hour for the lack of judgment in posting the tweet and said it was a mistake she wished she hadn't made. Her tweet said, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ. Barr quickly deleted the uh, tweet and did apologize at the time for the joke that she originally admitted was in bad taste. ABC said, Roseanne's Twitter statement is abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values, and we have decided to cancel her show.
1: She must take Ambien a lot because she had a bunch of those tweets. <laughs> well, that is one of the side effects if you listen racism. closely enough to the converse, to the uh, <laughs> commercial. The side effects? Yeah. Side effects may include
2: nausea, racism. Do, uh,
3: but that I, was... I, the thing that I miss is what... Like it seems uh, very low stakes. Like who was she even talking about?
1: Why was she talking about yeah, that? Wh- what why was, the- was she talking about Valerie Jarrett? That seems well, like because she
2: she traffics in the Obama conspiracy worlds. Where don't forget, you know, she has uh, been a big. Uh, she was a Comet Pizza uh, conspiracy, gate person, uh, QAnon, whatever the hell that crazy thing is, where uh, she thinks Trump has been quietly um saving kids from pimps all over the world by the hundreds she she really traffics in the crazy worlds of Alex Jones and this is not the first time she has compared black people to apes on twitter she's always been saying racist things so it's a little disingenuous of abc to go we had no idea this is
3: <laughs> you know what but that's this the other important. thing is like did you think i thought the show was like it certainly didn't have that tone. Like I thought, it was like taking like the they had a lot of diversity on the cast. Like a lot of the storylines had to do with like the the uh, her grandson being gay. That I thought they handled pretty like well and delicately. It just seems I don't know. It seems it like out of the I, I didn't con- I, I don't follow her Twitter, yeah. so I didn't really know all the. No, I don't text, either. It seemed relatively, uh, yeah,
2: abrupt. Well, she wasn't in total creative control of that. I mean, Whitney. Cummings was the showrunner. She left.
0: Wanda Sykes was a consultant. She quit yesterday. She left. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Norm MacDonald was still on the writing staff there, and they said they were trying to just establish the political uh, ideology and conflicts within the family and then move forward and it wasn't always supposed to be political. There were a couple. There was one where she was like distrustful of the Muslim neighbors, but then they let her use her wi- their Wi-Fi when her Wi-Fi was down to like call Dan's work so he didn't get in trouble. And uh, <laughs> then she's like, you, you know what? Muslims You're are pretty nice people. They're okay people. Hey, and they're not bad. They're actually nice people. They let us use the Wi-Fi. See, so I said if they would have just let... Uh, that play out after Roseanne tweeted yesterday for another 21 minutes, we might have found out Valerie Jarrett would have let her use her Wi-Fi (laughs) for it. All of a sudden, she would have stopped comparing her to an ape.
0: Well, the target of that tweet, Valerie Jarrett, appeared on MSNBC yesterday.
4: Well, I think we have to turn it into a team moment. I'm fine.
1: I'm worried about all the people out there who don't have a circle of friends and followers who come right to their defense.
0: Uh, she said she was called by Disney CEO Bob Iger before the show's cancellation was announced. She said it's everyone's responsibility to combat racism.
2: I I saw a lot of I stand with Roseanne's yesterday on Facebook because I think people are conflating this with some sort of political uh, suppression. Like, like they, they think uh, she's uh, criticizing an, a a
3: former presidential you know arm or something like that, and that's what they're.
2: More censorship
1: from the left. That's what it is.
2: They Uh, think, oh, you can't even speak your mind anymore instead of uh, realizing she says really
0: racist things all the time. She compares black people to apes. And again, you've brought it up repeatedly. She's not being prosecuted for her views, but she is employed by ABC, and they have the right to say, you can't say things like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, somebody said to me yesterday, well, I I guess if... uh, that if uh, she said something that's more in line with your political views, you would have a problem with this. And I'm like, dude, you're literally saying your political views are that you think black people are apes, and you have all these anti-Semitic thoughts. Yeah, it's, it, it, that's how little people are stopping to think about. Your this friend because. was like, yeah, yeah. That I guess <laughs> and that my is own, what my yes. uncle was like. How long have you
3: known me? They're <laughs>
0: reacting to the reaction.
2: Right. Yeah, I feel like I don't know how
3: you can. Uh, how you can defend that. I mean, I think you could be disappointed that the show's canceled because I like the show. I actually thought it was pretty good, but you
1: still can't. It's not a defensible statement. I just think it's so unacceptable and dumb to get to lose your job over Twitter. I know, it's just like, so what irresponsible. <sighs> it doesn't Twitter doesn't ultimately mean anything to the show. She's she just co- cost 200 people their job for what? For nothing. Like I and I have a couple of friends that have lost jobs over Twitter. It's it's so easy not to lose your job. <laughs>
2: Imagine Twitter. being so racist you couldn't shut up and keep just off Twitter.
1: She has been this crazy the whole time. Oh Again, yeah, did ABC. you ever see her show back in the day like when they she had a reality show? She's she literally running run a, a nut, nut farm. farm.
0: It's she, a macadamia like, farm. She,
1: she's growing macadamia nuts. Well, her and her husband are are bonkers, out of their mind, crazy. I was going to say that this
2: also might be being mm-hmm. conflated to being a racist issue when the underlying cause of it all is really a mental health issue, uh, and maybe those play hand in hand. Maybe maybe it's equal. Uh, in terms of uh, the the reason for why she says what she says, but she's clearly really on
3: thin ground. But see, mentally. like that was the other confusing thing is like I remember watching stuff, and maybe she's just a conspiracy theorist in general because those people can kind of go both ways with whoever's in in power, generally speaking. But I remember seeing interviews with her, maybe like five, you know, six years ago. Where she, she seemed super, super on the left, and I, I don't know. So like, I, I think it just pendulum goes as, is swinging I too far, far so. for her. Have
0: the makers of Ambien come out and said, nope. Yeah. That's that's not ambien does not make you do that. That is not a
1: thing. <laughs> it gives you
2: soft toenails,
4: but it doesn't give you
2: <laughs>
3: racism. <It's>
2: soft toenails. <laughs> well, you know, if it, if she gets away with it uh, with the ambient excuse, you know, that's great news for everybody. We can blame right? it on a, on a mm-hmm. myriad of issues.
3: <laughs> but don't you think it's just because Twitter gives you just everyone has private thoughts that are not n- not supposed to be consumed by the public and the yeah. siren song of twitter is just like tell me those things tell everyone those <laughs> things your followers will listen to
1: you and it it i always tell people like okay so so say you're making a joke if if you were going to make a, like a racially on the edge joke or a super dark joke would you go into a public square and just tell a complete and total stranger cuz that's what twitter is yeah i know your followers some of them you know but the vast majority of them, you don't. It's people that you don't know that don't have your tone, that aren't a fan of yours, that are, that can take it out of context, that are just going to see it in print. And then it can be used against you in, in any way, shape, or form, and you can be fired for it. And it just seems so dumb. Like, you're going to oh, yeah. die on that hill? You're never you're never going to look
3: back on your life on your deathbed and think, hmm, I wish I would have tweeted
1: more. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or I'm really glad I tweeted that. Never going to be a thought you have.
0: Petitioners continue to try to stop the planned shutdown of Pittsburgh's downtown YMCA after meeting with the mayor. Protesters say closing the Y could be detrimental for many who utilize some city programs. Earlier this month, the YMCA declared bankruptcy and said it was going to close the downtown branch by June 8th amid financial concerns. Supporters of closing the branch say the move will save up to a million dollars a year. Well, they say dogs can sense fear. Well, so can your dentist. A new study in Italy found dentists can sense when you're afraid just from the smell you give off. And to make matters worse, your dentist might actually make more mistakes because he smells your fear. Researchers had a bunch of dental students work on mannequins that were either in a normal T-shirt or a shirt someone wore during a really stressful exam. And when they worked on the mannequin wearing the stressed-out shirt, they made significantly more mistakes that could have damaged a patient's teeth. They think the stress, sweat, smell subconsciously made them more nervous. Other studies have shown our body odor does change when we're in stressful situations, but this is the first one to show it can affect the people around us and mess with how, the, how well they perform a specific task.
1: See, I knew my dentist could smell my fear, but that's because I, when I'm scared, I fart. <laughs> and I knew he smelled it. Like, as soon as he walked in, I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> right. Give me the root canal. Do those uh, sedation dentists, man.
4: Take yeah, away your gas. fear by
1: knocking yourself out completely for a room. take some Ambien. Listen, if I call you an ape,
0: <laughs> that's
1: not my belief.
0: And a Twitter user getting <laughs> flack after inquiring if one could roast marshmallows over a volcanic lava vent. The U.S. Geological Survey responded to Jay Fur of Vermont, who asked if roasting marshmallows over Kilauea's lava would result in a poisonous trait. The agency said, that's not safe. Please don't try. Another Twitter user admonished this guy in a tweet and said, stop trolling the USGS. They've got important volcano things to do.
3: Well, in <laughs> fairness, he's trolling the USGS Twitter guy. So that guy works. It's like <laughs> right. that guy's not going out, putting out forest fires. Right. He's responding to...
0: Twitter fires. Twitter
3: fires.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A vacation retreat believed to be the only remaining property in Prince's real estate portfolio is up for sale at auction. A New York auction house taking sealed bids on the roughly five and a half acre property in the Turks and Caicos, which includes two private beaches and a marina. Prince purchased the property in 2011 for $13 million and it is expected to sell for at least $15 million. That auction ends July 12th. I could just picture Prince walking down the dock of the marina in high heels. (laughs) Crushed velvet sandals.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, my hips hurt.
0: Original Guns N' Roses guitarist (laughs) Izzy Stradlin is explaining why he opted out of joining the Guns N' Roses reunion tour. In a recently released statement, Izzy said his non-participation was simply because he couldn't reach a happy middle ground through the negotiation process which sounds like he wanted more money than they were willing to pay him. Earlier, just before the band launched, it's Not In This Lifetime Tour in 2016, Stradlin took to Twitter and said the band didn't want to split the loot equally. Simple as that.
3: I mean, when you're like a bass player in a classic rock band, my impression is that your negotiating leverage is pretty low. I mean, it's I. I, I unless you're mm-hmm. like Getty Lee or something mm-hmm. like that, where it's you're, the sound is integral, uh, or you're a
2: front man for it. It's, that's that's going to be tough.
0: Was Izzy involved in the songwriting?
2: I don't
1: think so. I mean, it's it's a little n- not naive, but he knows. And to he's me, he's not going to get paid. Even that's the line of demarcation. Like, did you write the songs? You didn't. Okay. Well.
0: You, know, you can be replaced take this
1: well and they had
2: kind of gone on without him there uh well actually i guess For a while, yeah. yeah but it wasn't that he expected to get paid equal i bet they were literally giving him like scale Agre- yeah probably like, yeah uh, if you don't take this money we're giving the same amount of money to the the next guy, whoever your, that stand in is. Your your food per diem is thirty five dollars a day. <laughs> which that's a little that's a little slim, but you know, you go to Burger
3: King a couple times, you can make that work.
0: <laughs> Hot and humid, showers and thunderstorms. It was red in the morning this morning, so you know what that means.
2: Sailor's delight?
3: No, Sailor's
0: that's red warning. At night. Warning. <laughs> Mid eighties for the hike today, it is uh seventy I V. I don't
1: remember. What what's the uh rhyme?
2: Red in
0: the war- uh Red in the morning, Sailor's warning Red at night, sailor's delight. Okay, well,
1: so what's the sailor's warning?
0: It's going to be bad weather.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry, guys. This is the first time I'm hearing this.
0: I apologize to
1: all of you personally. Will you brush up on your sailor rhymes? <laughs> <So>
3: that's <laughs> right. I, I've, I've seen... Your
0: marine warning.
3: Val, Val gets here using a sextant and the North
2: Star.
0: So <laughs> that's how she
2: <laughs> navigates to work. Jeff Conkle's with us. You shake. Mr. Wednesday. Ah, oh, it's
4: red. Playing the sailor's creepy one. morning
3: Dock those pontoon boats. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're
4: looking for Mr. Wednesday. Yes, you're looking for Mr. Wednesday.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, which uh, I forgot it was Wednesday because Memorial well, Day throws you off a little bit. I love this. I love not having Monday. Why don't we go to a four-day work week? I think everybody would be okay with the four, ten-hour days. But
0: would you rather have Monday or Friday off? I'd rather have Friday off. Not me,
3: because Monday. Fridays
2: feel like...
0: Really?
2: Yeah, f-
3: Fridays, Fridays aren't feel like that the, bad. Yeah, because the end is in sight. Yeah, and you got that Thursday feel of t- tomorrow's Friday. Even Thursday,
2: kind of, yeah, yeah.
0: I'd go for Friday. No way,
2: man. Sundays are so... That ominous feeling of But then you're Sunday. just going to
3: transfer that over. That's what... My sister always calls that the Sunday Scaries. That's oh, like yeah. that's that feeling right after you start cleaning up dinner that you're just like, Oh God, I have to assume my life again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always associate that with uh alcohol withdrawal, the
4: Sunday uh, scaries. That's a good one. <laughs> uh,
1: the, uh... It isn't though, because I've had weekends where I haven't drank at all. What? And I the scaries still come rolling in. Oh yeah. Um still red in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: michael have your sports here momentarily buckos lose again now were you watching the uh the stanley cup final jeff uh i watched the recap of it i didn't watch the whole game though well you were uh not in the minority but uh pittsburgh came in at number three yeah in the ratings for game one of the stanley cup final behind las vegas and dc (laughs) wow i mean we are impressive in this one a
0: lot of former penguins in there
2: no doubt about it um and I guess game two of that's coming. Is that tonight? Yeah, think. Good deal. All right. Well, Mike will have a lowdown on that uh, coming up in just a little bit. What's on your mind, Jeff? What's going on? Anything in particular? Uh, no. I mean, just
3: say, I, I, I like I said before, like the Roseanne thing was kind of just. It's just bumming me out in general. Yes. Yeah.
1: I just. I don't. It bums you out that it.
3: people are like like. They feel that they have those thoughts, first of all. Then they feel the need to
1: inf- express those thoughts. Then the world collapses around them. Yep. Because yeah. there's, there's people that, that attack them for having those thoughts. And then there's people that defend them for having those thoughts. And I can't stand anybody I, in the I equation. would feel less... Uh, or I would feel more bad about it if
2: this was a flippant remark where she clearly has demonstrated this is not how she feels and it was a joke. Or if there was like that a punchline or like a
3: set-up punchline feel to it, maybe you could argue like at least she was trying, but it didn't yeah. seem like that. I mean, like
2: I said, it was pretty indefensible. No, she's... And she has done it forever. So ABC knew what they were getting into. They took a chance at the upfronts last week. They actually joked about her tweeting uh, and one of the executives was like, uh, "I'm the guy responsible for her tweets." <laughs> Just kidding. I would never say that any of uh, <laughs> that stuff. So they, you know, she has said plenty of racially charged, which was another fun phrase that got thrown around yesterday. Racially charged stuff on Twitter. These are her beliefs. It's not a joke. Dude, so that that's where I would feel bad. I was like, "Oh, dude, she's clearly kidding." She you know this is ridiculous. She's established this crazy line of thinking, okay,
3: so how long this is my question now at this point. So how long is it until somebody starts a complete like Netflix type network just full of disgraced embattled Hollywood personalities? Think about the talent that's out there oh sitting God. on the, on the bench. You could have Matt Lauer. Anchor your morning year. show. Brian Williams is your, is your uh, TV news host. You got original programming from Louis C.K., Bill Cosby, Roseanne.
4: <laughs>
3: Made for TV movies. <laughs> directed by Roman Polanski. Produced <laughs> by Harvey Weinstein. Starring Kevin Spacey. Woody Allen.
2: <laughs> yeah, there is quite a bunch. It's Bill Cosby's new one-hour TV. comedy special.
0: <laughs> scumbag TV.
2: STV. Someone um, uh, yesterday tweeted something along those lines that was more like the people who were uh, who are just conservative, who feel that Hollywood has spit them out because of their conservative values. One of the Baldwin's, like Stephen Baldwin, <laughs> James Woods, uh, Roseanne. Now, but that's not a conservative value. It's racism. Like that. That's the point I'm trying to make. Is like she didn't get fired because she's a trumper. She got fired because she posts wildly racist stuff. There's there's a difference.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, did you see yesterday that there was a campaign starting up to try to get Bill Maher fired? Yes, I did. Over because, what? Well, because he had said that uh, Trump's mom had sex with an orangutan to have <laughs> Trump, and then they they showed this picture of of Trump next to an orangutan, and to me, like, there's a clear joke there, and you don't have. The baggage of the racial connotations and the tropes that have existed for years, like that—that's not a a, a racial uh, charged slang yeah, or thing. slander. There, there was
4: no
2: racism in that joke. In the Trump is uh, uh, the Bill Maher Trump is
1: an arrangement. I mean, I joke. thought the if Bill Maher goes away, reason, I'll be
2: fine with it. <laughs> I mean, also yeah, it's he's so been, weird. he
1: he has been fired. Yes, by ABC, I think. Yeah. But here's for, the, the, for saying insensitive things about 9-11. The re- I used to hate Bill Maher, but now I'm
3: starting to like him because he seems like he's pissing off kind of both sides oh, of the everybody. argument. And
2: I actually really, really enjoy that. Yeah. He, um, he... Yeah, liberals don't love him. No. No, no, liberals hate him. But uh, if he said something super racist, nobody's well, going to stand he, by him. Didn't he, actually he recently
0: did. say something? He
1: actually did.
0: It kind of got brushed the, over. He
1: said... Um, I'm more of a house N-word. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And then Ice Cube. I forgot about that. Somebody came onto the show and like totally schooled him, but he used it as a teachable moment. On, but look, it's a different network as well. It's HBO. Right. Ultimately, none of these networks are have this moral high ground that they pose that they have. They're just basically kowtowing to... Public sentiment and sponsors bailing on them. Very true. That's that's all it is. Very true. I don't know if that Bill Maher one will work or not. Um, no, it's not going to work because it's not the it's not the same. I used to watch that show all the time, and I've interviewed him before, and he was great. And I I've always uh,
2: been a fan. The reason I can't watch now is because I get way too much political talk all week long. Yeah just by being on the internet. And so I kind of want to break on the weekends where I used to really like set my like DVR and like, like to see who the interviews were because it was informative. I used it for, you know, to fill in the cracks in the mm-hmm. news that like, I didn't, uh, uh, get a chance to absorb. But now I just feel like, God, we are all in this huge news bath that everybody wants to get out of. See, that's why I can't believe like a, A
3: new era of like jackass type performers hasn't come out. How my balls. Yeah, because honest to God, like, you can't get anything more apolitical than a guy getting hit, like, run over by a bull.
4: <laughs>
2: right. Like, there's
3: not going to be any interpretation of that, you know, whatsoever, you know. So I think that there's the market is wide open for, for someone who's just silly, and that's it. Like, that's kind of how Steve Martin always sa- says that he was so big, is because, like, the Vietnam era was so politically charged, he said people just, you know, there was all the... Mm-hmm. Political comedy. He's like, I just want to do something silly, and I think that's why people reacted to it too much. So tomorrow night at Hambones, you can see me with an arrow in my head, and I'll be bringing (laughs) a washtub bass out. (laughs) Are you going to be at Hambones
1: tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be at Hambones tomorrow. Oh, good deal. Is uh, Thursday night show? Yeah, that's just
3: open mics. Okay. Uh,
1: I do want to hear what Johnny Knoxville has to say about Dodd-Frank, though. (laughs) I mean, I just (laughs) like him to weigh in. Mike Pursuita coming in next with your sports.
2: DVE Sports. Mike Persuda in studio now with your sports here on the DVE Morning Show.
5: Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Uh, if you were watching the Pirates game last night and you just tuned in for the eighth inning and you were unaware that the Pirates had taken the field last night having lost eight of ten games, all you needed to see and more importantly was all you needed to hear was the sound that the ball made after Kyle Schwarber blasted it <laughs> off the right field foul pole? It, it got out in a hurry. In that resounding echo of the ball smashing into the metal pole, uh, was that the clock striking midnight for your surprising <laughs> Pirates? They're turning back into a pumpkin. <laughs> it's now uh, nine losses in eleven games after a come-from-ahead eight-to-six loss to the Cubs. Another ugly in that the Pirates had a lead, and the bullpen uh, got slaughtered in trying to protect it, particularly Edgar Santana and Michael Feliz. They did hit the Cubs catcher twice. They didn't hit Anthony Rizzo. He hit another home run. But at least they hit somebody. <laughs> it's getting ugly at PNC Park. And uh, Stan offered to take Santana to Indianapolis himself. 11,475 in attendance. Again, uh, a lot of Cubs fans within that contingent. Uh, A bright spot was uh, the return to the mound of Felipe Vasquez, who pitched one inning and hit 100 miles or faster four times and threw 10 strikes on 11 pitches and got through a scoreless eighth. Scoreless ninth, excuse me. Wasn't a safe situation, but they got him back out there after the three consecutive blown saves and the arm discomfort. So he's apparently healthy. If they ever get it's a flamethrower. If they can ever get from the starter to the closer again and actually have a safe situation, he may be able to save the right. game. But uh right now that's a bridge too far. Man. Remember the Shark Tank days? <laughs> yeah
1: miss those times.
5: That ninth loss in 11 games drops the Pirates to 28 and 26 on the season. They are 6 games behind the first place Brewers in the NL Central and they've lost 4 in a row. One more with the Cubs tonight at uh, PNC Park. 705 Joe Musgrove gets the ball for the Bucks. He's one and 0 with a 0.00 ERA. He'll be opposed by Kyle Hendricks, 4-3, and 3, 3.16. Musgrove will be making his second start of the season for the Pirates. His first came Friday night against St. Louis. Remember when it was encouraging? Yeah. When Musgrove went seven innings and allowed five hits, no runs, walked none, and struck out seven. And it went over the Cardinals. Pirates haven't won since. I feel like, Mike, I know what you're saying, and, and I get it.
1: It's a big, big problem, but watching that game last night, I st- there's st- – this team has some players, man. Austin Meadows is still hitting
5: dongs. I mean, what was that, his fourth? Fourth home run last night. Jeez. Yeah, and another uh, another good game for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's has got some players, man. Uh, you get in, stru- in funks and streaks in baseball. So and by- they can't put a full game together. If they get the hitting, they don't get the pitching. If they get the pitching, the setup screws them up. Something something goes awry. If everything else falls into place, then they blow the save. Uh they're not this bad. Uh, I don't know that they were nine games over five hundred good, which they were before <laughs> right this streak of nine losses in eleven games. Uh there are there are peaks and valleys, but boy are they just struggling right now and it it looks bad. They're not losing at times. They're not losing three to two and right. somebody's yeah, five hitting them with ten strikeouts. They're They are uh, playing bad baseball, and they're getting the Mm -hmm. results that they're earning. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little bit of indication yesterday before the game. I believe uh, Kerry Muscat of MLB.com was the first to report that Major League Baseball informed both the Pirates and the Cubs prior to yesterday's game that Anthony Rizzo's slide on Memorial Day uh, should have, in fact, been ruled interference. Hmm. Uh, Anybody tell Madden? They did. What did he say about it? Uh, He said, and I quote... Uh, I talked to Mr. Torrey. He's talking about Joe Torrey from the Major League Baseball office. Mm -hmm. And he explained to me his interpretation. And I told him, with all due respect, I absolutely disagree. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that play. Again, the umpires got it right both in New York and on the field last night. Almost like a doctor reading an MRI, you might get two different opinions on the same set of information. That is such a load of crap. See yeah. to me, this is
1: but this is again, this is bad baseball. Like this, is, this looks like the Pirates right now. What are you doing? There's no consistency across the board. You got managers disagreeing with the guys that are running the league. The the officials, the refs are all nobody's in
3: union here. That's not an apt metaphor either because they're not in the same position. That's like me arguing with a doctor over the results of my MRI. Right, I, he's in a position of authority to interpret that. I'm not very well said very yeah yeah. i'd just like to congratulate
5: major league baseball on its umpires achieving nhl uh, (laughs) official status yeah because you had the guys on the field saying it was fine and the replay people in new york saying it was fine then a day later the league saying it was not fine what does that say about your guys on the field and the guys reviewing the replays does anybody know this rule And if so, why can't they get it right the first time? They just ha- if I you think go they- through replay and all this crap and still get it wrong, why do you go through replay and all this crap? They turned that the the play at the
1: plate into the catch roll. You got to have like a no contact roll or something
5: where it's clear, it's simple. Madden also described the situation as quote nebulous with regards to interpretation. No, uh,
2: it's, no it's he. i uh, making a mockery uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, just. Just making a mockery of that's it. That's what he's doing. Like, right? seriously, totally cucking Major League Baseball officials laughing at them. No, you know what? You're wrong. I'm right. And Cubbies fans are eating it up. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so annoying. And it makes it sound like we're, you know, the whiners over here bitching about a call we didn't get.
5: Clint Hurdle <laughs> said that uh, he was just happy uh, for the sake of the catchers. He, he thinks the thing will be interpreted correctly. Moving forward. Good luck with that. NHL uh, Stanley Cup Final, game two tonight. The Knights lead the Capitals one game to none. Washington will have Tom Wilson available as it attempts to achieve a series split in Vegas and even things up at a game apiece. Uh, The NHL uh, Department of Player Safety opting not to have a chat with Tom Wilson. Uh, According to ESPN, the league acknowledged that the hit was late, but it was ruled that it was, quote, within the flow of the game. And I think if that's anybody but number forty-three in Washington, that that would be a widely interpreted uh, opinion.
2: Well, probably. Don't you think it makes sense that because it was forty-three, that there are differing opinions?
5: Sure, it does. Right. But that doesn't make it any. I more, thought you were, more you were outrageous. saying it as
2: in, in in a way that made it sound to me as if you were like saying it was uh, it should have never been even considered.
5: No, I. I think what i said yesterday i i still hold with that it was a late hit it should have been a two minute penalty for interference right away they shouldn't have had to have a conference and then find something to penalize vegas for at the same time just so there wouldn't be a power play yeah because god forbid you have power plays in a stanley cup final game um who do you think
1: he takes a run at tonight whoever, you think he goes all the way up and get, goes after wild bill
5: or that's too obvious. I think when he's on the ice, you need to keep your head up. And you need, to, you need to know he's out there. And I think that's part of his game, and that's part of the intention. That's part of the reason the Capitals have him. And I think every team would like a guy like that in their heart of hearts. Phil Bork vehemently disagrees with you, as he did on the show
2: yesterday. I do as well. That's why they
5: make red cars and blue cars. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> You know, it's nebulous due to its interpretation. These are, yeah. <laughs> it different,
2: different
1: versions of the MRI. <laughs> here.
5: No, nah, and this guy's out of control too often. When he's getting himself suspended, as he did in the Pittsburgh game, he is hurting his team, not helping his team. But he has hockey skills. He's six four. He's over 200 pounds. He can skate. He can shoot. He can pass. And, yeah, he can light you up. And and if it makes you... Send you to get an MRI. If it makes the other team a little nervous when he's out there, I think that's what the Capitals are after here. No retribution tonight from Reeves. He, you know he talked about that after the game uh, the other night, Bill, and he said it's you know it's too important now. Yeah, uh, and I would agree with him on that. I mean, he said they have to play Washington's stars hard the way the Caps are playing their stars hard, but you got to do it quote within the flow of the game. Yeah,
3: and Reeves also kind of got the last laugh on that one. Yep, cross checked, he goal. got away with a no call.
5: I me. Mean, very few people talked about that after the game. I saw the clip of, uh, yeah. I heard the clip of Matt Niskin and briefly addressing it and Holtby addressed it briefly. But that was not a major discussion point coming out of that game. Because Reeves hadn't been known for cross-checking
2: people in front of the goal and scoring. it. Was, I think people were so in awe I'm of Amazing, the actually, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Quick break. We'll be back. More with Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle here. on It's the TV Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle is hanging out with us as well. Well, uh you guys are all married and of course it doesn't take a lot to put yourself back in the mindset of the days when you were dating and remembering getting dumped and the feeling Ugh. of getting dumped it is heels to the balls heels to the balls bus <laughs> rooting. at uh at full force a group of scientists just studied three big strategies people use to deal with a breakup After a long-term relationship. And they used brain scans. To see how well those strategies worked. Kind of crazy. They found there's no perfect strategy. For getting over a breakup immediately. But there are some ways to cope a little better. Here are the results. The best strategy is. Anybody?
1: Cutting up the pictures. Destroying all the uh, memorabilia. From the relationship. I'm going to go with. Exercise.
4: <laughs> 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 That's what I her.
1: did. I'm gonna get in
2: shape. I'm gonna get really fit. Uh, I was hoping one of you would be like, cut up all of their clothes, set them on fire with gasoline, and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, waiting
1: and just to exhale. Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> what if I just gently said? Try to get her back.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I swear you would go to your grave trying to get her back. The Put best, our song in a in a boom box and stand outside her window. The best strategy to get over a breakup,
2: according to the scientists, is distraction.
0: Oh, that makes sense. They mm-hmm. found Which, that... Which, booze, exercise, and cutting up everything is distracting.
2: Well, there are th- <laughs> there are three of them, so i will get to them. But the, for distraction, they said... They found that when people distracted themselves with things like eating a bunch of food, they were in a better mood overall. But it didn't help them start to get
1: over their ex. It just put off dealing with those feelings. I'll show her. I'm going to become a glutton. (laughs) Just eat a five-gallon drum of gravy. So you're just kicking the can of grief down the road a little bit. But see, I think that can be helpful. Don't you think that can be helpful?
2: Till you're in a more emotionally stable,
0: or at least to it seems it. a
2: little bit further back
3: in the past or something like that. I, yeah. I can see why that that works.
0: You have some time to, to gain perspective and like, oh, maybe it's a good thing.
2: Just eat some comfort meals for the, like a year. The second best strategy is trashing your ex. There it is. Putting out rumors. Mm-hmm. Thinking about all the stuff they did that you hated. Yes. The study found that actually pe- it, that, rather, trashing your ex, made people love their ex less, which helps recovery. See, that's what I think it is. You try to convince yourself. It's denial in a way. Yeah. It was never meant to be. It shouldn't have happened anyways. She was dumb. But it also does put him in a worse mood. So there is a trade-off. Also makes it awkward when you invariably get back together. <laughs> now
3: you've been telling your mom that she's a dirty you know, <laughs> trash bag, and <laughs> then all of a that sudden that? you bring her around to
2: Thanksgiving again. <laughs> Does make it difficult. Mom, you know dirty trash bag. <laughs> but the other thing when you trash your ex, doesn't it at some point you uh you make yourself kind of you know feel stupid because you've invested so much time in something where you're yeah. like, how could I not see that she was an absolute moron? I had no business being with her. Like they, uh, ultimately, you have to turn the blame back on yourself in that scenario. Because how did Wait you a not know she's
1: like- that big of a moron? What's that make
4: me? <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: We should. I should call her. We're both terrible. You know what? Yes, we're perfect for each other. We're both awful. Uh, the worst strategy, the worst way to deal with a breakup, they say, is accepting your feelings and saying things like, "It's okay to love someone I'm not with anymore." I can't believe that. <laughs> that's the that's, worst. Wait, that that's that didn't help people start to get over there, right? Ex you just, or put yeah, them in a
0: Correct. Benefit. You drag it out. You keep hoping.
2: I had a buddy that was married, and uh, he he'd gotten a, a divorce, and one of his friends was asking about her, and uh, about the situation. He's like, "Man, I, oh, geez, what happened?" And he's like, "Ah, you know, irreconcilable differences. You know, what are you gonna do?" You know what? You you guys should be good together. Give her a couple weeks, and you should give her a call. What? He's like, no, really? Come on, are you kidding me?
3: I'm sorry. Like, I take the like, I take like the Rome versus Carthage view to women, which is that if I have dated them, I sow the earth with salt no none of my friends are ever allowed to date any of exes i will burn
1: her to the ground (laughs) before i share her
0: what if it was an amicable breakup like sometimes people like you know what we really like each other as people but this is just not there's
1: a difference i've had you know
2: those those. you know you know those (laughs) but
0: But in that situation wouldn't it be okay for this guy to say you know what she's a good person when you're
2: married doesn't it no
0: i don't know
3: that's
2: I'm with Jeff. I I, no, I think the, cool. I
3: think that statement is more mentally unstable than I'm yeah. going to burn all of her clothes. Like, yeah, because I think what that's are you actually statement. What about
0: your friends who are divorced and they they get yeah, along so well?
2: They do, but that's that took a long time. It was not a couple weeks after they broke up. But the you guys does it, doesn't, it took years for neither them
1: to of get... them are probably playing matchmaker for the other one.
0: But they could.
1: But that's just think? weird. Um yeah it, you it, know you don't play a do role na- they, in that
2: later on when they really became friends i think they would have been more apt to do that i don't know that they actually have done it in a weird way i do think they're just like trying to like they're going to come back together and be old and be like wasn't it fine? we just got to date people for 30 years uh, <laughs> but you can't immediately be in that situation you can't go from like all right see you to like one of your friends. Hey, you should date her now. You know what? I'm what, with Jeff. I don't like that. That's that's a crossing of the street. And you know the other reason
3: why it's almost like uh, when you eat something disgusting and you're trying. You tell your friend, hey, "Here, try that." <laughs> right. That's basically <laughs> what that sounds like. It's yeah. like this yeah. r- relationship was rotten <laughs> to the
1: core. Here, you give it a shot. Give it's this huff a fart.
0: Which sounds <laughs> like <laughs> fart a <hump>. huff. A, <laughs> huff
4: a
1: fart.
2: Is that the yeah, new uh, Harry Potter? Yes, uh, thing? that's
1: the house I got. Harry,
0: huff a fart outside. <laughs> it sounds like that guy was way out of the marriage long
2: before it ended. Uh, probably, but it, 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 acceptance is a, a tricky thing. I've definitely chosen in the past to be like, well, you know what? It wasn't meant to be. Doesn't mean that personal d- person's awful, but I you don't immediately get into this okay place with it. No, I've been broken up with, and I knew, I, I was like glad But I
3: still felt like I had to put on a show of anger because I felt like I invested time into it or something like that. But I knew I was like, thank God that's over. That was not working. But at the same time, I was like, you can't do that.
2: Right. Ben Affleck talked about how he used to uh, get girls to break up with him when he wanted to break up with them and he would be like act all sort of surprised and be like I what w- the- I would do that uh, too that's the that's passive a- aggressive <laughs> move a a every I'm dude I'm a wimp
3: every dude does that but my my buddy is the king of that he's even gotten drunk and said he goes it's he, he goes these girls are getting real tenacious he goes i really have to amp up the level of like like uh <laughs> lousy boyfriendness until they finally pull the trigger <laughs> on me i'm not showing up to birthdays i'm
1: forget <laughs> <laughs> I forgot her name one time. She still (laughs) stayed around for like two weeks. What do you got to do to get a girl to break up with you? You know, it's funny, but I never, before Serena, I never dated a girl for longer than a year because it would hit the one-year mark, and I'd be like, all right, well, this was great. And uh, I enjoyed it, and I (laughs) hope you did, too. My contract's up. And, um, you know, I wish the very best for you. But uh, I'm going to move on because I just thought, like, well, we're not going to get married. There's Why would I be with somebody for multiple years? Like it right. just didn't. It was like, all right, yeah, we're we're in a relationship. It kind of just stayed in that sweet spot. Didn't really progress, but that's not a problem.
3: There's something about that year anniversary of dating that almost feels like a yeah. step towards domestication, and that's what I think a lot of people are just like. I got to stay in the months range, no yep. no
2: years, bail out, no doubt about it. So well, <laughs> if you are in that area, r- remember those are the three tried and true well i
4: don't two of those ways are good
2: and one of those ways doesn't work make sure to either trash them or to distract yourself i'm with jeff the best way to distract yourself is to exercise incessantly and try to burn it all off because you have so much obsessive anger brewing at least i did when that happened to me, I'd be like, oh, you got to like
3: get a punching bag or something like that.
0: But are you burning off the energy? Or are you like, I'm going to show you I'm going to look awesome and everybody's going to want me. It's gonna, all of that. Yeah. Yes.
2: There's I mean, there's a primal urge there to not be a, a fat slob after that and go out and get back into to the, into the game. Yeah,
1: because they're basically saying like, oh, yeah, your car, I'm trading you in like <laughs> you're like, you don't know what my value is. <laughs> you just messed up. I'm going to put all my hate into my abs. <laughs> right. That'll show you. My back is going to look like a bag of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you want to do this?
2: This is a six pack of hate.
3: <laughs> well, I've said this before, too, is that my, my wife, the guy she dated before me, she went full eternal sunshine of the spotless mind on him and basically
1: like
3: X'd out, no trace, burned Whoa, all fingerprints, awesome. like all that kind
1: of stuff. I mean, I think that's a little overkill, you know. Because to me, that seems like, wow, you're really trying hard here.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: you, you, you know really what I mean. If I was
2: Jeff, him. I'd be a okay with that. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. No, I'm it's gone. See ya. Out of out of the memory bank. Sure. The problem is, is I lived in my house too long, and I've dated like too many girls for like a long period of time. Like, there's at least three long term relationships where I feel like, oh. There's that. You know, I associate. Look at that end table. Right. That's yeah. just like, like oh, We bought that when we went. Yeah. And then, like, you got to have a yard sale, man. <laughs> I totally <laughs> do, dude. I guess, dude that's that Will Ferrell movie. Everything must go. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? What is it? Where his wife, like, he has to, like, get rid of all their stuff so he doesn't think about oh, her. Oh, That's anymore. hilarious. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'll be having a yard sale this weekend. Uh, I'll
0: be right over. Jeff, you'll be uh, Thursday
2: night. Yeah, Val has a whole house to fill. You have uh, ham bones tomorrow I'm going go right? to go to ham
3: bones probably tomorrow. And then next uh, Wednesday, I'm going to be down at uh, Buckhead Saloon. Uh, Tom Kupiak always puts on like actually a really fun show uh, oh, nice. there. Yeah, I've so done that take before. the team down. Go, go to Buckhead's next Wednesday. Good deal.
0: Roseanne Barr is blaming Ambien for the racist tweet that got her hit show canceled by ABC yesterday. She took the racist kind. <laughs> She forgot. It was a tweet about former Obama White House advisor Valerie Jarrett that got her canned. Barr took to Twitter after the cancellation to apologize and told people not to defend her. She blamed the sleep aid in the late hour for the lack of judgment in posting the tweet and said it was a mistake she wished she hadn't made.
2: She must take Ambien a lot.
0: And the makers of Ambien come out and said, nope. Yeah. That does that's not, that's not, not make you do that. That is not
1: a thing. <laughs> it gives you soft
6: toenails. Randy <laughs> Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
1: Yeah, the Roseanne stuff
2: uh, is really sort of captivating. There was some other really big news that we're not paying a whole lot of attention to. Maybe they could just combine it all and keep Roseanne going as a TV show. <laughs> like maybe what they could do next season is say Roseanne went down to Puerto Rico to try to help out. the, After hearing that there were actually 4,500 deaths in Puerto Rico. And she got dysentery and died because she
1: didn't have health care to cover it. And that would appease all the people. Uh, A lot of people were recommending that they just kill her off and keep going with the show. With Darlene. Rename it Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A crazy situation where she
2: seemingly tipped the scales. It was not that one racist comment on Twitter that did it in for Roseanne. She sort of revealed herself that this is her identity. Really? Because it felt like it was just the thing. It was not just the thing. It it tipped the scale, yes. But look back at all of the races. She's compared black people to apes a few times on Twitter. She has uh, perpetuated anti-Semitic tropes through Twitter. She's uh, endorsed conspiracy theories, crazy political conspiracy theories with with racist uh, undertones to them. So this has been a long time coming for Roseanne, where you know that ABC has had conversations with her saying, hey, you got to tone this down. And it is a little disingenuous of ABC to act all, oh, my gosh. I mean, they knew this was possible with Roseanne. and They had to actually be just waiting for this to happen. And we're hoping it wouldn't happen for another year or so.
0: Maybe she just didn't want to do the show anymore.
2: No, I don't think that's <laughs> it. I think she's really remote. I think she really feels dumb about it all
1: And. uh It seemed like it anyways after the fact but to your credit though somebody or to your point somebody leaked the upfronts from abc just a few months ago and they were joking about her twitter and her tweets and how bad they are ladies and gentlemen here's the guy who really writes most of my tweets the chairman of disney media networks and president of disney abc television group Ben
5: Sherwood.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, how about another round of applause for a woman who has always done it her way, Roseanne Barr. And for the record, I have absolutely nothing to do with Roseanne's Twitter account. I mean, take a look at her most recent tweet. It was all her.
2: And it was like a compliment of Ben Sherwood, the guy speaking there. It was, you know, a little joke they set up. So they they were aware of the controversy surrounding her her tweets, her viewpoints. And again, this was more about her having established her herself as this is her identity. This is the stuff she believes. And, this is well, what then she why, why would stands she apologize? For. It wasn't like a one off joke.
1: Uh, because I think she cost two hundred people their jobs. I think she probably, you know, smoked a bunch of weed. And tweeted something out. And not, took an Ambien. <laughs> not thinking about it. And then was like, oh, wait, I this really upset people. Oops. If it was independent of everything
2: else, she would have been able to get away with it. If it was a one-time thing like, what, dude, that was so racist. And then she woke up and was like, oh, my God.
1: I was so racist oh, last I was night. so racist
2: last night. That ambient made me racist. I think it had more to do with her <laughs> having established a pattern.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, it the, the crazy thing to me is that you know, you have to take into context who she works for. She works for Disney, right? You know that that's bad for business. That's not on brand for them. Racism, yeah, not not uh, one of Disney's
2: uh, hallmarks.
0: Here's a Channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Sure it. It's 70 degrees at DVE. am Val Porter. Missouri Governor Eric Greitens resigned yesterday in the midst of a sex and financial scandal. He resigned. The state lawmakers were holding a special session to look at evidence about his campaign finances. It could have paved the way to his impeachment. He was also dogged by an extramarital affair and claims he tried to blackmail his mistress by taking a photo of her in a compromising position, which I tried to look this up, but I couldn't find it in time. Didn't he, like, handcuff her half-naked? And blindfold her and take pictures?
1: Yes. Yeah, it was like some S&M stuff.
0: Yeah, and uh, he threatened her with it. He was charged with a felony of invasion of privacy back in February, but the charge has been dropped at least temporarily. He does still face, though, another felony charge for computer tampering. The weather affecting local first responders, a dozen firefighters had to be treated for heat exhaustion while battling a fire. Flame sparked yesterday at a home in Ross Township. And officials say the fire went to multiple alarms because of the hot weather. About 15 fire companies sent to the scene after firefighters kept getting sick. The department ended up setting up a rehab center right at the scene to treat firefighters. At least one had to go to a hospital for additional treatment. Online dating makes you depressed. New studies suggest finding a perfect match with just a smartphone and a swipe can make people feel insecure about their appearance and sometimes leads to depression. Studies also show that when people are rejected, they start having to deal with anger and aggression. Despite the outcomes of online dating, researchers say people still tend to get addicted to searching for the one through the web. Do you have dreams about work? Not like, oh, I want to be the CEO someday. No. Like, like how oh, I came
1: in without any pants yes, on. Yes.
0: A new survey found the majority of Americans have had a nightmare about work. The most common, what do you think it is?
1: No pants on.
0: No. That's not number one. Oh, I thought one. you were asking me
1: personally, what's my <laughs> most common?
0: Uh, that's on know. the list. Number one, though, having sex with a coworker.
1: Oh, so, thought- sex dream. I was going to say sex and work, you're late. (laughs) That's that's a a little bit hard. Sixty percent
0: sex with a janitor. (laughs) Sorry, I'm late. Sixty percent of uh, people Uh, surveyed have had that nightmare. After that on
1: that's a nightmare?
0: Well, they considered it a (laughs) nightmare, I guess. After that on the list, it's being late, screwing up a project, getting fired, being naked at work. Uh, Fighting with your boss, getting lost in the office, and killing your boss Oh, really went uh, dark there.
1: Yeah, that's a really dark
2: one. Look, you saw
0: me
1: without my pants on. You have to die.
0: (laughs) Speaking of work, we've talked many times about people eating their lunch at their desk and not going out, taking a lunch break. About 20% of people say they're afraid to take lunch breaks because they're worried their boss will think they're not a hard worker. And they might be right. Another survey found 22% of bosses do think people who take lunch breaks are lazy.
1: Oh, <laughs> come on. This is can't take lunch?
0: <laughs> like Not it, 22% of the bosses say no. I remember like being
1: on a work crew and we used to get like a full hour for lunch mm-hmm. when I was out on this this is years ago, but we it was a big paint crew. The whole crew would be on break for an hour because it was the summer and you're climbing ladders and Hot. painting and dealing with wasps nests and all <laughs> this other stuff. And then just like year by year after I stayed with them, it's like the, the break got smaller and smaller. I was like, you want to take a half hour? And then you'd be like, you're going to take lunch? He'd be Like, I got a sandwich, but I just kind of been eating it on the on the pick. I'm like, "Oh, well, we just we done. We done. Is with that lunch because
0: now? people could leave early then if you finished? No. Or did you still work a full day? No,
1: it was just that that the company got so small that it was like we were pretty much working for ourselves. <laughs> oh, Okay. And it was like we got to get to this one point yeah. and Yeah. so we, we just got to knock all this out. The the installers that worked at my dad's
2: carpet store when I started like, you know, me and my brothers my cousins, we all worked on the trucks when we were kids. You know, we'd be like the like when we were 14, you mm-hmm. know, like we'd be the helper that just did all sure. the BS who, who stuff. Look at the knee pads. Right, but they hated taking this out, and I always figured it was, well, of course they hate having the boss's kid, that makes sense, but what I didn't realize is because they would always, like, go to bars for lunch, (laughs) and they would, like, throw back beers and take 90-minute lunches and stuff, and, you know, take their time if they they could just, like, kick in one, you know, early, and, and, like, work, like... They would lie about how long it took them and stuff, and oh, I didn't. Man. I didn't catch on to that for a long time, and then I, I figured out. Until one of them got a CUI. Oh, to one of my, I've been carpeting till well. Until my, till my under dad the told me, he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, you're kind of insurance that they don't sit at the bar all day." And I'm like, <laughs> "Is that what that's? That's why they oh, hate that's me? That's what they're doing?" I get it now. They don't hate me. Well, it's it. They didn't hate me. I mean, they mess around with me, but you could tell they'd be like, "Oh, okay, let's go." You're screwing everything uh, up. here. We got to work today because the kid's gonna yap. Called a-
1: call Dinos, cancel the
2: ribs. Then there was uh, the one guy, Dwayne, uh, a Vietnam veteran, who was uh, just a badass. I love Dwayne. And he was like uh, just a hilarious character. And that, he was the cleaning crew. And he was the biggest pervert I ever met in my life. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get any birds and bees talks, uh, they just put you on the truck with Dwayne. And it was like, <laughs> it wasn't finding out where babies come from. It was like finding out the karma sutra right away.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I don't want to find out where babies come from, from somebody named Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just me. That's a personal uh, personal preference. <laughs> I've told the story before.
2: Dwayne uh, always, his lunch every day was the dairy queen. He liked to go to the dairy queen, to one of, oh, the, one of the braziers. <laughs> You know, one of the the restaurants... Because uh, he liked to watch girls eat ice cream cones. Oh, oh my
0: god! What a
1: creepsicle. And
2: he would and he would <laughs> tell you that, and he'd go, "Oh, hoss, look at that one over there." No. Like, oh, dude! They
0: never caught on to this guy. <laughs> nah, he's just
2: some weirdo smoking cigarettes
1: in the corner of a Dairy Queen, eating a cheeseburger, telling telling different pervert stories like their war stories. He had one time. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> oh this her. girl tried to get a blizzard out through a straw. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen her
2: he had so many pervert stories he was just like a the other thing he did I remember we did, we did this deaf lady's house one time when we were like I, again I was like 15 years old and we were like cleaning the carpets in there and he was like it wasn't like he was doing it to be funny he was doing it because he could screaming math <laughs> bombs <laughs> just like just like, you'd be like oh mother
4: you
2: know, ble- <laughs> It, it, and then I was like look uh, over, and the woman, you know, she couldn't hear. I, I yeah, just felt like the hear. vibrations from that must have made their way over. Like, yeah, he would just. Oh, they can hear, and he that. just said every <laughs> awful word possible, like he's banging the the machine into the couch or something. Like,
4: oh.
2: <laughs> and it wasn't like he was trying to make me laugh. It was just because he could.
1: He's 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 a strange bird. By the way, they can hear like that. They pick up the bass in your voice. I'm sure. Like my sister went to a graduate school at Gallaudet, which is basically like an all deaf university, and she was taking education to you know to to be able to work with parents that had uh, deaf children, and we went to visit her one time, and we went to a deaf happy hour, dude. the The music Lit. was straight bass. <laughs> It was a. It was like we were inside a subwoofer. It was like my chest. It's kind of cool. Well, like the three hairs on my chest were just <laughs> flying around all night, vibrating. I was like, "Whoa, where are you from? What? Oh, you can't hear me at all. Good." And then Dwayne came by with a carpet cleaner. <laughs> yeah, <this is> like, <laughs> you want to know where deaf babies come from?
2: <laughs> he, he's handing out ice cream cones. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, hoss. One of these.
0: Uh, well, Dwayne. Dwayne the is the This is far beyond the usual mother-in-law story. The ex-husband of Francis Bean Cobain is suing Courtney Love and others, claiming oh. they conspired to break into his home, rob, assault, <laughs> kidnap, and attempt to murder him. TMZ reports Isaiah Silva was grudgingly given that famous guitar Kurt Cobain played on MTV Unplugged. By Francis in their divorce settlement, and now he claims Courtney masterminded a plot to steal it back. He maintains the invasion of his West Hollywood home took place two years ago on June third, and Sam Lufty. If you think huh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. He was the one time manager and boyfriend of Brittany Spears. Remember when yes. she was went crazy and Yeah. Yeah. Did he uh, shave her head? I don't know if he did it. Um Two, but that's the
1: time period we're talking.
0: Yeah, him and two other guys uh, were the co-conspirators. He additionally alleges that... Uh, it's Lutfi, not Lufty. Lutfi provided illegal narcotics and benzodiazepines to Francis and Courtney. He's also suing John Nazarian, actor Ross Butler, and musician Michael Shank for their involvement in the alleged conspiracy. Silva claims they injured, sexually battered, and intimidated him and also hurt his mom. He is asking for unspecified damages. Finally, Bon Jovi will post behind-the-scenes footage from the recent North American leg of their This House Is Not For Sale tour. On Facebook, and that will be posted starting today. Hot and humid, showers and thunderstorms. Mid 80s for the high today at 71. A DV. All right,
2: Mike Pursuit is coming in with your sports. The Buckos, oh, man, come from a head loss, and uh, the Cubs manager Madden making some statements that are going to infuriate you even further about that Rizzo slide on Diaz the other day. Game two in the uh, Stanley Cup final uh, coming up too, and no action against Tom Wilson for that hit. On March so the other night. Uh we'll have Mark Madden on the show later on this morning and our buddy Joe Bartnick as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Joey uh B's gonna give us a call nine fifteen. And coming up at eight o'clock, the D V E comedy Festival, another announcement. We're adding another show. Another one. And wait till you hear what it is. Psyched about this. It's gonna be the fourth Two. show of the D V E comedy Festival. And uh I think you're gonna you're gonna dig this. All right. So we'll give you the details on that coming up at 8.
4: Pittsburgh.com.
2: D-V-E Sports. Mike Pesuda with your sports right now on the D-V-E morning show.
5: Sports this hour brought to you by bobbyrayhall.com and uh, in case you didn't get a chance to see the Pirates play the Cubs last night and see how the Pirates were outclassed by the Cubs. Fear not, you could hear it. One out of four. <laughs> Yanked to right. That
6: ball is Fair ball, a home run. Kyle Schwarber with a line drive two-run blast.
5: <laughs> in keeping with the theme of the evening, another rocket. Oh my goodness, he hits some He's towering home runs, but uh, hit a line drive home run in Cincinnati, similar to this one. And this one really he rattles off the uh, the goalpost down there in right field. How long did this take to get out of here? 1,001. Gone. <laughs> man. Yikes. That was Len Casper and Jim DeShays on Cubs TV, just laughing. Laughing at how hard that ball was hit and how fast it left the yard before striking the goalpost, as DeShays put it, or the foul pole. DeShays must be a hockey fan. Mm-hmm. Did you hear all the cheering in the background? Yes, I did. Among the uh, 11,000 uh, oh. plus that were on hand? Bullpen got lit up again. Pirates lose uh, their ninth in eleven tries, eight to six to the Cubs. That uh, two-run home run by Kyle Schwarber in the eighth inning off Michael Feliz made it eight to four. The Pirates did make it interesting in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, they did, getting a couple runs and getting uh, Josh Bell and Corey Dickerson to the plate as the potential winning run. After cutting it to eight six, but uh, that was as close as the Pirates got. The night was not a complete disaster. Got uh, a credible start out of Nick Kingham. earned runs and five and two-thirds. Pirates got uh, three more hits and another home run out of Austin Meadows, who uh, is hitting 439 in his brief uh, Major League career. Now has four home runs on the season. And Felipe Vasquez worked the ninth inning and consistently worked over 100 miles an hour and had a three-up, three-down night. That said, the Pirates did lose their ninth and 11 tries. They're 28-26, six out in the NL Central Division. They've got another one with Chicago tonight. Kyle Hendricks against Joe Musgrove. Hopefully Musgrove can build on the seven shutout innings he threw at St. Louis Friday night in his Pirates debut.
1: He's got to be our horse this year, Mike. somebody got to
5: be. <laughs> Come on,
1: Musgrove. It's it, it, crazy how quickly the
2: outlook for the team can turn. On Friday night, after that Musgrove win, it kind of seemed like okay, maybe this is hey. Here's where they they kind of the buck stops here. They stop the slide. They they move forward with getting Musgrave back here and uh, good fortunes ahead. And then just have a terrible weekend after the fact. And uh, I haven't won a
5: game since then. Yep, they are uh, they're struggling. I I don't think they're going to fall completely apart no. and lose nine out of eleven the rest of the way. But they are looking like the team right now that everybody thought. They're looking they were like the team be. that they were avoiding going to see. Yeah, and they're not just losing, but this, the bullpen meltdowns and and just bad baseball. What was the attendance? Uh, last uh, eleven thousand and change, eleven thousand four hundred and something. Wow! And a lot of them cheering those Cubs home runs and being. With us, people are obnoxious. I'm oh, sorry. I oh, I hate Cubs. Cubs I'm all for people going on the road and following your team and everything. Cubs fans are a pain in the ass. Well, their manager's a pain in the ass. Yeah, maybe that's what. Starts at the top. They're just. Insufferable. Yeah, that's the word. That is the word. But you got to put up with it if you let them hit the ball so hard it makes a resounding thong off the foul pole. What a sound that is. If things are hollow, I guess, huh? Uh, It would appear to yeah. be the case, yeah. I wonder why that is. I guess cheaper to make them that way? Or yeah, or easier less, to move around. They do less damage when you knock yeah. them down because you hit the ball so hard. <laughs> <laughs> A little vindication for the Pirates, uh, according to MLB.com. Uh, both the Bucks and Cubs were informed yesterday that uh, Anthony Rizzo's slide on Monday should have been ruled interference on catcher Elias Diaz. Thanks for that. Yeah, that clears everything up. Joe Madden's not buying it. Still, a good play.
2: Joe Madden laughing, just making a
5: mockery of it all. Yeah, his grandfather was the uh, captain of the Titanic. He said, "No, just a scratch, just a leak. Keep going." I, I, think, I disagree. Think this is a problem with the death count. This is the way a boat ought to be built, right? <laughs> he's insufferable too what a jackass the whole organization mike it sits
2: at world series uh, the it, same thing happened to the red sox yeah i was a lifelong red sox fan and all of a sudden those games started feeling a whole lot different when you went to, to fenway It's like yeah yeah we're all glad we uh broke the curse here but uh do we really need to turn it into a fun park
1: for <laughs> for mass bleeps <laughs> Well, look at their payroll, too. They did the same kind of thing that Boston did. They they got got Theo. They became the evil empire to beat the evil empire. Cubs did hit the ball
5: awfully hard last night on several occasions. They got a few people on that team that, you know. And they were up there. Superstars. They got Rizzo Schwarber, who would love to have those guys? They were swinging from the bottom of their ankles and just trying to crush it and doing a pretty good job. Game two of the Stanley Cup final tonight in Vegas. Caps trying to even things up at one game apiece. So work.
2: no retribution, by the way. Nobody got one. But Rizzo didn't get one in a the year. Extra got
5: hit twice. Apparently by accident. Rizzo did not get one in the year. He had a home run though. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Just put one in his thigh. Yeah. Crying nope. out loud. Should have done that Sunday the game. Yeah, the game He's, was out his of his hand. Next to bat again. I'm not an advocate of that but that is the way baseball is played. Yeah. I am.
1: I want to see him wear one the next time he comes to the plate. I don't know. Doc Ellis claiming he was going to hit every one of the Reds and then, trying and then to going out it. and trying to do it is
2: one of the great Pirate stories of all time. One of the great baseball stories of all time. Pirates must be fresh out of pitchers
5: on LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Wilson's going to play for the Capitals tonight. Uh, according to ESPN, the NHL uh, acknowledged that Wilson's game one hit on Jonathan so was late, but also deemed it to be quote within the flow of the game. So, uh, free Willie for game two. Uh, there was uh, some reaction to the Ryan Reeves cross check that preceded directly the Ryan Reeves tying goal in game one. Uh, according to the Washington Post, Mike Milbury had this to say on the NBC Sports Network post game show. I did not stick around for the post game show the other night. But according to the Post, this is what Milbury had to say about that play. Quote, it is absolutely ludicrous. This is like a receiver in football pushing down his defensive back in the end zone and catching the touchdown pass by himself. It's just unforgivable. You've got two officials, one you can see right there. Make the call. You have to make the call. It's the turning point in the game. This is just not right at all. If you're a Washington fan or John Carlson and you think you got bagged, you did. You got sandbagged right there.
1: See, this is why I hate the NFL officials. They're making me agree with Mike Milbury. And
5: that's unconscionable. I had the exact same thought when I read that.
1: That's They got to make the calls on the ice. They're NHL, missing okay. it constantly. Yeah.
5: NHL, yeah. What did I say? You
2: said NFL. NFL. I thought you were trying to make a cross-board analogy there. Okay.
5: When I read that, I thought, okay, if Milbury thinks that. I need to look at this again. <laughs> I better reconsider Did my I stance. Did I really see uh, – really interesting point on this from uh, Brent Johnson, the old Penguins goaltender. Uh-huh. He's working for uh, NBC Sports Washington. Uh, he says, quote, I want to see John Carlson go right in there and not put his back to Reeves. Go right in there and take the stick right away. Then you're not going to get anything in the back and you're going to be the one enforcing the play. Now, yeah, Reeves was trying to cause separation. Maybe the ref saw it as Carlson went down a little easy. I don't know. But, you know, at a point in time like that, they're not going to make a call, especially with Reeves being right there on the doorstep ready to whack it in. So, uh, yeah, Carlson could have been more proactive as well. Uh, Reeves isn't going to get called for a cross check. If I'm a Caps defenseman, I'm going to assume I'm not going to get called for a cross check the rest of the way. You know, who wants it more in the mm-hmm. slot? Who Who's willing to do – Whatever it takes. Uh, you do have to credit Vegas for the reaction to the Tom Wilson hit, which was to not go berserk and keep playing the game. They didn't They didn't lose their minds, uh, the Golden Knights. Uh, they were upset. They dealt with it. you got to work around the officiating. Uh, that's just the way it is, and uh, the teams are able to do that are usually the teams that uh, wind up winning the games. I don't think they'll be headhunting on Tom Wilson tonight either. No. That's unfortunate. Now if opportunity knocks. (laughs) Swing from your ankles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, don't go crazy. This is uh, heating up already. No doubt about it. Exciting game one and a lot of uh, angst and intrigue and controversy. Did you see the television ratings? I did.
2: Pittsburgh came in third for game one behind D.C. and Vegas or Vegas and D.C.
1: Where, what are the overall ratings versus other years? Like, I'm curious to know historically if, this, if, if these are the biggest numbers the NHL has got. Mm, I'll tell you in a little bit there, Bill. Uh, also,
2: we got a big announcement to make regarding the DVE Comedy Festival. We've added another show. And wait to hear what it is. Super psyched about this. Our buddy Joe Bartnick, 915. Mark Madden, 945. Coming up on the DVE Morning Show. We got a big announcement to make for the DVE Comedy Festival. We've added a fourth show.
0: Oh, my goodness. A
2: fourth show. A fourth one. And I'll tell you what that is. Coming up at 8 o'clock. And uh, I think you'll be psyched about
1: this
5: one. Well, we'll just, at this point, add a fifth and make a week of it. Well, Mike, <laughs> maybe we will.
7: You maybe
1: we will. Are we done? We don't know. What do any banks used to say? Let's play five.
2: You know, it's already Wednesday and coming up this weekend. <laughs> it's inarguably the busiest concert weekend of the summer, Val.
0: Yeah, three on, well, we've got Dave Matthews Friday.
2: Dave Matthews and Journey. X-
0: Th- that's Saturday. X- that's Saturday. Journey, Death Leopard, Journey Saturday. Def
2: Leopard. X-Fest with X-Fest. Jack White, mm-hmm. Cold War Kids and more wow. out at uh, uh, Key, Key Bank, Bank Pavilion. Pavilion.
5: It's going to be a little something going on in Heights Field, too, right?
2: Yeah, in the Kenny... Flipping Chesney Jenny. concert at Hines Field. The trucks are, have been down there all week. Boats are there already. Boats the are tractors are coming in. They're slower. And uh, as you know, <laughs> it has become a little bit more than just a concert. It's a lifestyle. He is like the country Jimmy Buffett now. It's an experience. Yeah, and uh, he's even branched out into his own line of restaurants. Hey, y'all, I'm Kenny Chesney. Inviting y'all to my new restaurant on the North Shore of Pittsburgh, Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar. Well, the reviews are in, and so far, people love it.
1: Well, I came down for Friday's grand opening on Wednesday, I think, and just, like, waited on my boat for a couple days. And let me tell you something. It was worth the wait. I don't remember a damn thing I ate, but according to my Facebook page, I had a good-ass time.
7: My favorite part about Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar? (laughs) You can throw your damn garbage wherever you please! Just like a real cowboy! Suck that, crying Indian! I threw Funyuns on the prairie! Cowboys win! Cowboys win!
0: Daddy, I gotta go to the bathroom! Just
7: whip it out and free the pee, son! (laughs) Haha, <laughs> this is Kenny's
2: house. Using the exact same menu as Jimmy Buffett's restaurant, but changing the font in a couple of words, we here at Kenny Chesney's Cowboy Beach Bar promise you food that will remind you of my music. Bland, derivative, and way better when you're drunk. What are you looking hey,
1: what at? You what right. are you looking at? Right. Hey,
4: you hey, he he
7: stepped on my
1: right. head! Hey, on. <laughs> <Hey>. well, <lookie laughs> here!
2: They're fighting to me. get in the front door. Kenny Chesney's works. Cowboy Beach Bar, where on. pretend cowboys drink ah, foodie that. drinks, yeah. and it's A-OK. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, might not be a bad place to pregame this weekend. That's where I'm going. When are we going to do the Donnie-themed restaurants? That's Ooh, what I want to yeah.
0: see. Yeah, I saw him last night up at Jerkles.
2: Well, here he is right here.
1: The King, Donnie. DVE. He, uh, Donnie, Donnie. He needs his own restaurant. He's still.
0: Love hits- is like
1: a roast. He's- I like that.
0: <laughs> He's working a nice golf tan already.
2: He always has a good tan. Maybe he could be a Middle Eastern restaurant and call it Love is Like Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Donnie on, I was in an Uber this weekend and the driver had 80s on at eight and they played a song called My Girl, which I don't know what album that's on. Oh of. yeah. And it was awesome. I'm like, turn that up, man. It's Donny. that's like uh Pittsburgh uh tradition there. Getting an Uber in Pittsburgh, you'd expect to hear Donny Iris. It's like in Chicago, only you'd expect to hear Buddy Guy or something you like that. You want a bag of King Cool
5: Ranch chips. <laughs> <laughs> they should have his voice on the tram at the airport instead of Clint Hurdle. You know, they have that thing. Like, hey, welcome to Pittsburgh. Hope or if they have Clint Hurdles,
2: they should make excuses for why it's taking so long to get your bags or something.
0: How about yeah. uh, another dish of the Donnie Iris? <laughs> That's the way Spuds ought to be. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I like
2: it. Sweet Mara <laughs> I don't know. We could I could do the Donnie and Iris menu all day if you want to. Yeah. Trust me. But Let's we have b- bigger and better things to get to, including the new show at the Angus. D Comedy Festival. <laughs> <laughs> the driver like gives you the ingredients like the beginning of the song, Agnes. If you order the Angus steak. Yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. The lay was <laughs> we put our jus on the side for you You didn't know I liked a <A1> one <laughs> Another show's at the DV Comedy Festival That'll be markedly funnier than what we're doing right now And you won't want to miss it I'll tell you what that is When we return, it's the fourth show of the D V E Comedy Festival We already have the main stage show Sold out at the Byam Theater uh, with uh, Burt Kreischer and uh, Rory Scovel and Sarah Tiana, Brad Williams, and Bill Crawford. Uh, the loaded show full of local comics at the Arcade Comedy Theater. That's sold out uh, afterwards. Doug Benson's doing his podcast. Doug Benson, uh, Doug Loves Movies. That's a 420 show, Saturday, June 30th. And uh, tickets available for that still at DVE.com. A fourth show being added. For Saturday night, I'll tell you what it is when we come back here on DVE.
0: Yeah, we have that announcement coming up, but we have another announcement right now. Tonight on NBC, the event of the summer, Mike.
5: Oh, this is so cool. Uh, I'm so happy American Ninja Warrior is back, Val. this It almost defies description, but man, is it entertaining.
0: Yeah, it's the two-hour season premiere tonight, and uh, let's hear from host Matt Eisman on what we can expect this season on American Ninja Warrior.
7: 10. This is the culmination of a decade of American Ninja Warrior. The courses are bigger, the applicants better prepared, but the challenge is far greater than ever before.
0: $100,000 at stake.
5: And they get after it. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Google or YouTube, Casey Cantazero from 2014 in Dallas. Uh, the, the acts of athleticism are amazing how challenging the course is. And now it's supposed to be tougher than ever. The athletes are supposed to be better than ever. Man, and that, this is going to be a show.
0: Yeah, and this is the first time athletes as young as 19 can compete. And this is really a, a lot of really inspirational people. I, when I watch this, I think, okay, professional athletes, they're pretty tough. They're pretty athletic. They got nothing on these American Ninja Warriors. They're they are pretty amazing.
5: Absolutely not. Uh, they, they really get after it. And I don't know who comes up with these courses, these challenges, uh, it seems like it, it. the next one is tougher than the last one. And uh, the way these people attack this course, it's really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, they're really inspiring stories of the athletes involved. And also, don't miss the premiere of the amazing new drama, Reverie. That's tonight on NBC as well. Tonight, it's American Ninja Warrior, tonight on NBC.
2: The installers that worked in my dad's carpet store, when I started, like, you know... Me and my brothers my cousins, we all worked on the trucks when we were kids. They hated taking us out. And I always figured it was, well, of course they hate having the boss's kid. That makes sense. But what I didn't realize is because they would always, like, go to bars for lunch. (laughs) Then there was uh, the one guy, Dwayne, and he was the biggest pervert I ever met in my life. I mean, I didn't get any birds and bees talks. They just put you on the truck with Dwayne. And it was like, it wasn't finding out
1: where babies come from. It was like finding out the Karma Sutra right away. Yeah. I don't want to find out where babies come from, from somebody named Dwayne. (laughs) (laughs) You know,
2: that's just
6: me. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning
1: Show. We have added
2: a fourth show to the DVE Comedy Festival. We got two on Friday night, and we got two now on Saturday, June 30th. The second show just added. He's staying overnight. And doing his podcast live. Burt Kreischer's BurtCast. Wow. Encore. Live from the Rex Theater. This will be a 9 p.m. show Saturday night, June 30th. So Burt's going to hang out all weekend with us. <laughs> tickets on sale now at dve.com. So the DVE Comedy Festival going straight through the weekend at this point. Uh, and you can get tickets to see Burt Kreischer. If you missed out on getting tickets to see Bert as part of the uh, Buy him Theater stage show right. on Friday night, here's your chance to see him in an even more intimate setting at the Rex Theater. Come drink with him on Saturday night. Yes, and, I mean, imagine what's going to go on there. Uh, the Bert he, Kreischer look, podcast.
4: <laughs> if you've
1: ever heard his podcast or listened to his podcast, he basically just binge drinks while talking to somebody and telling stories, and it's it's really... It's different than his stand-up, but it's still, it's like hanging out with Bert, right? Which a lot of people want to do. Like I toured the, you know, the country with Bert. Everybody just wants to hang with him. How about Gardell? Did Ireland on the Jameson tour with him?
2: <laughs> I know that's cra- while he when he was still drinking, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Billy was still drinking back then. That's why Billy doesn't drink anymore. Uh, Burt Kreischer does, though, and you can hang out with him and have a few beers and watch him do the Bert cast live Saturday, June 30th at the Rex Theater. Tickets for that going on sale Friday at 10 a.m. at dve.com. So then we're up to four shows. It gets
0: bigger and bigger every year. Wow, it's awesome. What's next year going to be like?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I just want to get through this year. we got a lot of stuff going on, Val. Think think we're going to try to get Journey. Yeah, we're going to
0: get and, Journey. Uh, <laughs> Back go. together. Yeah. No,
2: The original... Lineup of Journey is yes. going to come and just do the Separate Ways video live on stage. <laughs> what do you got?
0: Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Eleven. It's 72 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Do you have clothing items you absolutely hate? Not your own personal like, oh, I have this shirt that I really hate. Just an in general clothing item. Like overalls. You despise. Yes. Like
1: fedoras.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so 69% say Speedos is the clothing item they hate the most. <sighs> yeah, those are
1: unacceptable. Yeah. Unless you're in Europe. Right. What are you doing? Even Which, if you're in Europe.
0: When you see somebody wearing those here, don't you think, oh, they they must be European? Yes. They're not from here.
1: I'm like, oh, okay. He's from Latvia. <laughs> that explains why he's wearing the
0: leather pants. Nugget
1: pants huggers.
0: Came in second.
1: Leather pants are uh,
2: at a
0: time. At one time, they were acceptable. Now, I feel like you can only get away with that if you're a rock star,
1: unless you're climbing onto a Harley or or walking up onto a stage, and it has to be a big stage. Yeah. What about chicks?
0: What do you mean, chicks wearing leather pants? Yeah. Eh, It's just not not so much anymore. It's
1: not a thing anymore. I haven't seen it. No, I haven't either.
2: But I'm just. Wondering, I know do, you better look like Jeff Buckley, Jim Morrison, or something like
1: that if you're going to try to pull off the leather pants.
0: Crocs.
1: Oh, dude, we were at a cheesecake factory over the weekend. Our waiter had these big ass size 11 Crocs, and Stephen and I were just like, "What's this, dude? He's just just big goof walking around with Tupperware on his feet."
0: <laughs> Bell bottoms.
1: Those don't exist anymore, do they? I think so. I thought everything now was like a tapered leg, you know? But bell-bottoms, yeah.
0: Clothing with mm. elbow patches.
1: <laughs>
2: I feel like
0: you have to be a professor to wear that. Yeah, you do. Track suits. Yeah, you gotta be from Staten Island to wear those. <laughs> and this is a really random, odd one, which I disagree with. Bright red pants.
1: Who wears For, bright red pants?
2: Well, Ooh. what if
0: you're a woman? You have red pants and a white top or something sure. you want to wear.
1: Girls can get away with almost anything. Yes. Guys wearing bright red pants? <laughs> you have
0: to be in the romantics. What the hell are you doing? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. You have to be in the white stripes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be in the Commodores.
0: Uh, Uggs. Ugh. <laughs> uh.
1: You just make the noise when you say it.
2: Uggs. Uggs. Yeah.
0: Sweater vests and deep V-neck T-shirts.
1: Listen, uh, it's confession time. I used to have a couple sweater vests back in the day from Structure, and I thought they were the coolest thing in the world. Structure, and dude. And sometimes when I went to Kennywood, I'd wear the vest with no shirt underneath. <laughs> and a wife beater with a gold chain. Oh, my God. What was I doing?
4: Oh, Hold
1: up. Yes. Together? Oh, all together, yeah. So, of course. what was this get up? <laughs> like jeans, like baggy. Like we were saying in the in the '90s, all the jeans were baggy as hell. They were, ba- and yeah. I had like you know some hill figure jeans or something that were baggy. And then I had a structure like a sweater vest with a you know they all would always have like a stripe, like a big stripe and a little stripe or something, and it was a sweater vest that I would wear. A wife beater like that would be the undershirt underneath the sweater vest, and I have the guns blazing. Sun's out, guns out. What's up? A t- yeah, but you had like a tank top tee then, like the white yes. tee.
0: <laughs> wow, so a tank under, top, not a white t-shirt. Like
1: a like a a, a wife beater,
2: like so. I know, but ribbed. just a
0: little bit of white. I'm uncomfortable would show. with
2: that term. Like we have to, that term needs to go away. But it's like the accepted term. Yes.
0: Like a grandpa underwear t-shirt type.
2: Well, now everybody's confused but yes yes no no we're not but what i'm confused about is why would you wear that shirt under a sweater vest would well, didn't the sweater vest completely cover it up yeah
1: no no because a lot of those sweater vests had some plunging v's <laughs> <laughs> Dude. and i wasn't comfortable enough to go all we... the way how now. big of a chain uh 20
0: inches wait did it have the the italian horn on it
1: of course it did <laughs> are you kidding it we had the have- Italian horn and a Steeler charm.
0: I <laughs> no, you did not have a Steeler
1: charm. <laughs> we, I still have it.
0: Really dude. need to post some of our old pictures. Yeah, yeah, dude. I came across one yesterday, and I almost sent it to you. I mean, it was from probably fifth grade. And I look, can't make we, fun of a fifth grader though. We you all to have to some, be. Some, listen, some I can make fun of me.
1: This is a safe space, okay? Yeah, bring the pictures in. Let's all bring them in. Yeah. I want to I got to show you. I got to show you cuz I'm thinking you're saying track suits. I'm like, oh, I definitely had some track suits. <laughs> and they were velour. <laughs> velour. Oh yeah, I definitely wore. What color some were they? sweaters. All different colors. Were you run? No, I was D. You were D. Um. Did D. you you wore velour ones not like the uh, lightweight ones, not the uh, slippery. I had some of the lightweight ones.
0: Noisy kind. Ah,
1: oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bill must be coming up. (laughs) I want to picture you at Kennywood wearing that structure. I'm pretty sure I have it somewhere. Sweater vest outfit with the gold. Oh, my God.
0: How old were you again?
1: High school. It was about a year ago. (laughs) High school. I don't know what the hell I was doing, man. Uh, I high school you, is just I'm embarrassed uh, by I'm just grabbing for straw,
0: just I, hoping for the best. I remember I had a purple jumpsuit I used <laughs> to wear. I think it was high school.
2: Oh, dude, I had bad sweaters. I had lots of bad sweaters. I had one that was like a go to that was an awful sweater, and it, but it was like a cardigan. Oh. And you'd rock it under like a fake polo shirt. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but did you wear that to school cuz you had No, I mean oh, okay. you wore like so, so those had-
2: shirts to school like I had to wear you had to wear a tie and a
1: blazer a every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's a different, yeah, because all my friends at Central don't have these these stories cuz they had uniforms. But if you went to Aurora like you couldn't for instance, you just said fake polo. You could not wear a fake polo to school. If you wore a fake polo to school, you would get trashed for 4 years. You'd be like, <laughs> Look at this dude he just has the horse. The guy on top isn't there. Where'd you get that one, Gabes? You know, I mean, you would just get harassed. That's Pollo. <laughs> That's El Polio. Why is there a chicken on that horse? That it has got Ralph Lauren Polio.
0: I used to wear gitano jeans. Oh. And I think my brother said to me once, you know what that means? Giant size. That's Does it? <laughs> I used to
1: wear Jerbo jeans. They were like these <laughs> French jeans.
0: <laughs> like Jordash?
1: No, they were like, I don't know. They're supposedly French. Did fancy. you peg your jeans?
0: No. In the 90s, you never did?
1: I probably did in the 90s, like my Bugle Boys with the double buckle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I'd ever hear that name again. Bugle Boys, <laughs> <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Bugle Boys pegged oh. with a double buckle. I had some parachute pants. Oh, my God. I I saw a
2: picture of me the other day my sister sent uh, when I would have been about 16. And it was, like, clearly wearing my brother's shirt. It was, like, way too big for me. And I had one of them, uh, what were those leather belts that were, like, the... They were like uh,
4: macro braided well, belts. braided, yes,
2: yes. Oh,
4: of course. it was a, and dude, those are
2: back. It must have been a size forty-eight because I had it looped over. Oh yeah, did it just and then kicking down
1: my left leg uh, a little that
2: bit?
0: That was the style.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you
2: that when you was would
0: big. Fold it back up, yeah, and yeah. Then
1: Pull it down straight, right? Yeah, is bad luck. Well, no, if it was too big, like you had too much excess.
0: Well, you can't hang to your knee.
1: You definitely could have grabbed it. Definitely yeah. could have grabbed it. No, see that's too big. Yeah, it's a bad look. It has to be maybe braided belt dude. Oh, that was hilarious because you could. It was great because you could just pull it as tight as it would yeah. go, and <gasps> everything's a, cinch it up. A hole, cinch it, and that thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. And I remember, you know, you guys don't remember. You guys don't remember skids like that was past what is your. Those are the wheels. No, the Jeez. skids were the the pants. Oh, they oof. were like. They were, they had their own, you didn't have to peg them because they were like, there was like a scrunchie at the ankle. It was the, elastic. The ankle, yeah. Yeah. And they were all like skater, like, oh, these are cool. They were plaid. They were so obnoxious. Like Zubas. Yes. Except before Zubas okay. and not affiliated with any sports team. They were like skater clothes. Because we thought we were skaters for a second too. <laughs> I like the skater aesthetic without the like breaking my knee. Yeah. I'm with you. Just show up in a vision jacket.
7: I got vans.
1: And a Power Peralta board. hope nobody asked me if I can skateboard. <laughs> 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 it's going to look cool.
0: Has it ever crossed your mind to put booze in a Wendy's Frosty?
2: No, but it better be no. awesome.
0: Well, a food blogger on the website, The Takeout, decided to experiment a little. Uh the top, and they seem to make sense, Kahlua and Bailey's espresso cream.
2: Yeah, that's just Best. adding more sugar to it, so that makes sense.
0: Uh she found other good options include Rumplements, peppermint schnapps.
2: Sure. Get a peppermint patty taste.
0: Godiva milk chocolate liqueur and Fran-
2: booze. Well I mean.
0: And frangelico.
2: Again, sweet. I'm going Jameson in the chocolate.
0: Well, she found that liquors that don't taste good in a frosty include Godiva white chocolate, (laughs) Captain Morgan spiced rum, yeah, you couldn't do that, Smirnoff vanilla vodka, and rum chata.
2: Yeah, no, none of those would work. Any a a good vodka, you wouldn't even taste it in a frosty, right? Uh, But I bet the Jameson chocolate one too would be just delicious. This might be just me trying to figure out more ways to drink Jameson, but (laughs) I really
1: do think this would be a good. Uh, recipe looking for different sidecars, I think is what this segment is really about.
2: The good thing about a frosty is you get one when you go home with that Wendy's meal and you don't have to eat it all. You don't have to commit to it. You can put it right no. in the freezer Oh yeah. Yep. now, but the problem and then it's is different. It's, it's different. Never the, it's it's never the same. different, but so is your pizza when you don't eat pizza right away. True. You're saving it for a different tasting meal. And it's the same thing with the frosty. The consistency totally changes. There's no way to, like, there's no microwave it for nine seconds formula that brings it back to its original consistency.
1: I'll dip a fry in a frosty.
2: That's what they're for. Yeah. The the conduit to get the frosty to your mouth (laughs) is two
1: fries. Huh? Like (laughs) chopsticks. But it, see I always had a problem did you were you are you laughing at his sound, sound effect?
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I just heard somebody play the bit the other day of you talking about getting honked at at the traffic light and you're like
7: when you get pissed when somebody hogs at
2: you so you try to make up for it by becoming going really fast
0: aggressively fast (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 but say, I, how can you use two fry i'm like flabbergasted at the fry thing because two. i would dip a fry in there but those wendy's fries were always like
2: super lazy <laughs> that's why you need two and you got to try to get those ones with the burnt edges because you know those are gonna
1: have good consistency
2: extra Aha. stick 'em.
0: yep there it is uh long legs are really hot On men, one new study found long legs aren't just a good look on a woman, but they make men more attractive, too. Researchers had 341 women rank how attractive different men were based on their pictures. The men who got the best ratings had legs that were slightly longer than average. But if a guy's legs were too long, then that was not so good either. And guys with short (laughs) legs also got bad scores.
1: Yeah, I got I got short legs. Those are no good. I run in you Daisy do? Dukes now because I just want <laughs> to make him look wanna give the women a show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you we're at the Butler County Fair? And my sister <laughs> always says something where she just has, like, foot and mouth disease. We're sitting at this table, and this girl is walking by us, this tall girl. She has just, like, she's nine feet tall. She has legs. <laughs> and my sister says out loud... Legs for days. Right as in the other direction, a guy in a wheelchair with no legs. Oh oh my God. So it looked like she just said legs for days, and we just looked at a guy in a wheelchair without any legs. It was like, oh God. When you
2: said you went to the Butler County Fair and then foot and mouth I thought hoof and mouth disease you yeah. said your sister has hoof and mouth disease from the Butler County Fair and I thought <laughs> oh god that's terrible
1: yeah yeah Samson, it's the biggest horse in the world that you got it from oh, that's, so if you're going to if you're going to get it
2: <laughs> Samson. I I've been up to the uh the uh, BCF there Oh know. you got
1: to go yeah it is the people watching there it's nothing like it. I think the Clarks
0: play pretty like much it. every year up there. Yeah,
1: it's like a tradition, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they still have all those, like, P.T. Barnum type attractions. Come up, step right the up and shows. see the smallest man in the world. Are you going in? It's the Shandarovitch guy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then Tim Benz comes in and goes, take a break. I got this next shift. <laughs>
0: Uh, An incident incident recently posted in the British Medical Journal told of a 26-year-old man in New Delhi, India, who recently went to the hospital with a six-inch handheld shower head stuck where the sun don't shine. Oh! He told doctors, I accidentally slipped, and that's how it got there.
2: It's a a one-in-a-million shot, Doc.
0: How do you... Say that with a straight face. Uh, fortunately for him, it didn't really do any damage to his internal organs. Doctors were able to remove it and send him home uh, after 48 hours of observation.
1: You know, his family and friends that had ever stayed the night at his place were all like,
0: oh, I yeah. showered there. They're
1: like, you can use the tub. Also, <laughs> use the liquid
2: soap, dude.
0: God. <laughs>
2: use the liquid soap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Rolling Stone Magazine just put out their list of the 50 best Star Wars characters of all time. Top 10, starting with number 10, BB-8.
2: I like BB-8. BB-8 is great. It has the coolest Star Wars toy ever. mm -hmm. Yeah, The remote BB-8 robot is one of the coolest things I've ever seen.
1: I can't believe how that thing works. It has a 360-degree
0: range. It can go any way you want. Obi-Wan Kenobi, number 9. R2-D2, number eight. Ray is seven. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Yoda, Boba Fett, Darth Vader, number two. So, of course, that leaves Han Solo as number one.
1: Wait a second. Boba Fett. Come on. We've been through this. He has a helmet. (laughs) You're going to say he's the coolest because he got a helmet? (laughs) He's not in the movies. I know, but everyone loves the mysteriousness of Boba Fett. And his job, you know, he's a bounty hunter, so for the cosplay... Dorks! I'm sure they are like you, bounty hunter. Yeah. What if he takes off his helmet and it's like dog?
0: <laughs> 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 start saying of racist yeah, stuff. I was just say. <laughs> they <laughs> were di- dropping I Star Wars end bombs. They were disappointed at the uh, initial box office of Han Solo the opening weekend. It was a, over a hundred million.
1: Yeah, not good enough.
0: The executives
1: yeah. had a meeting and said, "We got to figure out what to do." He <laughs> made hundred million dollars, dude. How much did it cost to make it? Probably It no probably idea. made 80 or,
2: or, t- or took 80 or 90, but who cares? They're going to make a ton of cash on that worldwide.
0: And Vulture.com has a new list of the 50 greatest Star Wars moments. Number one, the Death Star attack run from A New Hope. Number two, from The Empire Strikes Back, I'm Your Father.
2: The, yeah, that's a good which, one. Isn't the Death Star from A New Hope? The, wait, is that the original one? A New yeah. Hope? Okay. Because didn't they basically recreate it for the first one with Oscar uh,
1: Isaac? I don't know the name of these no. anymore. No, like basically, like the in New Hope they called it a New Hope after the fact. It it originally was just Star Wars, and then it was Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi is the third in the original trilogy. But um, but yeah, the the Death Star scene is just basically a huge fight scene at the end of a New Hope. And um, the Luke, I am your father. Like, I remember watching that with the girls for the first time. They were freaked out. Because Empire Strikes Back is kind of scary. That's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. For the action. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, for the storyline details, you're like, wait, what? A lot happened. his dad? Yeah. God, this family is screwed up.
0: You two are doing their part to help the environment by offering a recyclable cup you can rent at their shows. The R-Cup has the tour logo on it. And when you get a drink, you pony up a $3 deposit to use the cup during the show. At the end of the night, you can return it uh, and you'll get your money back. Or if you want to take it home as a keepsake, you can do that. All returned R-Cups are washed and sterilized and shipped to the next tour stop, which seems like a huge waste of time. And nobody's going to turn those in.
2: Yeah that's gross too. yeah i don't trust that a stadium is gonna wash my glass enough <laughs> and get some guy's lip fungus from the meadowland show
0: <laughs> finally caitlin jenner has better things to do than attend her son's wedding though the reality star was invited to brody jenner's wedding in bali caitlin won't be going her rep tells page six that the former olympian has previously scheduled work commitments and will not be able to attend her son's wedding. Uh, but there seems to be bad blood between the two. Caitlin's rep points out Brody hasn't kept the best relationship with Caitlin or the Kardashian side of the family, even telling paparazzi he had no idea Kylie was pregnant. Apparently, his half-sisters Kylie and Kendall were invited, but didn't even bother to RSVP.
1: We've probably already asked this, but do you get him a Mother's Day card or a Father's Day card? Father's Day. He never did no
2: mothering, right?
0: <laughs> Hot and humid, showers and thunderstorms, mid eighties today. It's seventy-two at DVE. I
1: don't know why I said that like I was in the color purple, but <laughs> I believed you. I mean, it seems right. The logic is there. Yeah, he did. He was never a mother. Now he is.
2: No, he's not. She's not. I
1: don't get I'm just as confused as you It it takes a lot So the kids still call Her dad? Hey Uh, dad Uh
2: Yeah they do Don't they? They call him
0: dad Well when you're not president anymore Do they still call you president?
1: Mr. President Kids I don't know I'm confused I'm just really confused No the pronoun situation
2: Is always a tricky one When it comes to uh, Transgender uh, uh, Folks I don't I don't know. I, I would assume you still. They call them especially Dad. when you have a, a family that you've had. You know, when I you're... just it, as soon as I hear that name, Kardashians or Jenners, I just tune out because yeah. It's,
0: well, there's not much happening.
1: They're <laughs> they're awful. Oh, actually, Kim K is going to meet with the president to talk yeah. about prison reform. She's
0: tackling. Uh, <laughs> this is real life. Prisoners are excited.
1: Oh God! Uh,
2: so we added Bert Kreischer to the list. Well, he was already on it for the DVE Comedy Festival, but he's doing a second show, and this one is a live version of his podcast, The Birdcast Live. That's gonna be Saturday, June 30th at the Rex Theater. Those tickets will go on sale Friday, so we've added that fourth show now to the DVE Comedy Festival lineup. Mike has your sports when we come back on Difference.
6: DVE Sports.
2: Mike Masuda with your sports right now on the DVE morning show.
5: The balls were flying out of PNC Park last night, unfortunately, for the Pirates. The Cubs were doing the majority of the launching. One out of four. Yanked to
6: right. That ball is. Fair ball! A home run! Kyle Schwarber with a line drive, two run blast.
5: (laughs) In keeping with the theme of the evening, another rocket. Oh, my goodness. He hits some you wheel. Know, He's towering home runs, but uh, hit a line drive home run in Cincinnati. Similar to this one. And this one, he rattles off the, uh,
7: the goal post down there in right field. How long did this take to get out of here? A 1,001 gone.
5: Man. What a
1: sound. If it wouldn't have hit that post, it would have hit the flagpole at the point.
5: <laughs> that, was, that was a rocket. That was Len Casper and Jim DeShays on Cubs TV having some fun with the Cubs 8 6 win over the Pirates. Sports this hour is brought to you by bobbyrayhall.com. One of the uh, Pirates home runs, they hit a couple. Chicago hit three. The Pirates hit two. One by Elias Diaz and another from Austin Meadows. And, uh, one of the bright spots of this spate of games in which the Bucks have dropped 9 of 11 has been the play of Meadows who uh, now threw 11 games and 10 starts. He's been up 41 times, 9 runs, 18 hits, 3 doubles, one triple, four homers, 7 RBI. He struck out 3 times, but he's also walked 3 times. He's 3 for 3 on stolen bases. 8 of his 18 hits are for extra bases. His slugging percentage is .854. His OPS is 1.282, and he's hitting a cool four thirty nine. I love this kid. What are you going to do with him, Mike? Well, I mean, their plan right now is to, you know, play four outfielders three at a time and kind of rotate them around. Uh, Keep an eye on what uh, Gregory Polanco is able to do in terms of snapping out of his extended slump. Because eventually you play the guys who are playing well. Right. And I I don't think they should necessarily give up on Polanco, but... Uh, You certainly have to acknowledge what Meadows has done. And it is a small sample size, but pretty impressive. Parts also got a clean ninth inning out of uh, Felipe Vasquez, who was throwing harder than he's thrown all season, uh, over 100 miles an hour or at 100 with regularity. 11 pitches, 10 strikes, three up and three down. A much better outing than we've seen from him of late and coming off the uh, arm discomfort that bothered him on Sunday. So that's uh, another small positive for the Pirates, who uh, have lost four in a row while losing 9 of 11. They're 28-26. They're six out in the NL Central. They've got the Cubs again tonight at PNC Park. Kyle Hendricks against Joe Musgrove. Hendricks is 4-3. Musgrove is 1-0 and oh and coming off of seven shutout innings in his Pirates debut last Friday night against St. Louis. Major League Baseball also let it be known, according to MLB.com, that uh, the Anthony Rizzo play was misdiagnosed. The Pirates and Cubs were told uh, yesterday that the Monday slide into Diaz should have been ruled interference at home plate. Clint Hurdle happy that, uh, for the sake of the catchers, and Joe Madden standing by his story that uh, it was a good hard slide. And it was the right thing to do i love how that douche came at the fans
1: oh you know the Pit- the pittsburgh fans are being taught the wrong version of baseball cuz this was a a per- perfectly fundamental way i mean it it might have been before they changed the
5: the rule yeah it, i mean it's two things are clear on that play if you look at the replay he had access to home plate but he changed his path And you can tell because there's a foul line that he's running down, and then he, you know, veered left to to take uh, the legs out from under Diaz. Right, and it's clearly before that's the way you
2: played. Right, it's clearly a violation of of that Posey rule, and for Madden to suggest otherwise is complete calling the fans dumb. And well, and the league should like you know step up a little bit here. Yeah. Because he's just making a mockery of it. Hey, jackass. Yeah. Get with the program. Right. This is how it's done now. Yeah. Or, you know, unless maybe he is making his own, like, Tom Amansky-style videos where he's showing kids how to, you know, spike each other at second base and do all the stuff you're not allowed to
5: anymore. And I, You know, I didn't think it when was... When you're
2: tired, take these greenies. <laughs>
5: Yeah, that, that used to be the way it was done. To. That's what I'm saying. If if you doubt me, read Ball Four by Jim Bouton. Oh, yeah. One of the great baseball books of Pitchers all, all be time.
2: pissed at you if, if you didn't
5: greenie up on the day they were on the mound. Uh, you know, I, I hate the way it's going, the trend. Towards nonviolence? I don't think that that... It, you can get hurt doing anything. Guys get hurt in baseball picking up their luggage when they leave spring training and they end up on the DL. I mean... I just think that the
2: the science behind weight training and fitness is so advanced now that th- it's not like it used to be. People are really capable of doing great damage in in contact sports now, I guess. And we know a lot more about CTE and it's it's tough to make somebody vulnerable for, in that situation when you can make one rule that will come into play, what? Yeah,
5: one percent of the time. Yeah. Do I sound like a dinosaur? No. If it's, I say I grew up in a game where you went hard in the second or you went hard in the home trying to break up that double play, and then you got back to the dugout and everybody was patting you on the back. No, I mean, no, it it, it was it was less complicated. And that's how I was taught. It's like, hey, you you're you're really putting out for the team here. You're doing everything you can. You're out, but you're still trying to help us. Right. No more, I guess pansy league
2: well they're also million dollar assets yeah that the owners don't want to well, see well posey is diaz, yeah, not, diaz so much. not so much but
5: maybe that's how they should rate it like well rizzo gets paid a lot more so yeah. he's allowed to do that
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> game two of the stanley cup final set for tonight and uh, tom wilson will be playing in it for washington uh vegas head coach gerard Gallant's okay with that uh, as is uh, the victim of Wilson's hit in Game 1, Jonathan Marcia Show Jonathan's 100%. He, there was no issue. Last night he lost his win in the game, and that's why I was a little upset that he had to go off for 15 minutes, but uh, I under, we understand that. And uh, you know what? It was a close hit. It was a borderline hit. I mean, you could, uh, you know, it was a late hit for me for sure. I just, you know, I thought it was going to be a five-minute major, to be honest with you, but anyway, we live with the hit, and the good thing about the hit is it
6: really woke our team up.
5: It's I've seen more outrage coming out of Pittsburgh than I have out of Vegas. Over well,
1: there. yeah, that, that, that pours a little salt on the wound. It brings back memories. Very recent memories. Broken jaws. Broken defenders hitting
5: the ice. Broken hearts. I don't think you're going to see 6-4 tonight. I don't think you're going to see wide open trading chances. If the – if that ice is crappy again. Yeah, I think I think everybody's going to be more aware of what the ice is going to be. And I think both coaches are really going to do what they can to tighten things up and not allow so many opportunities. We'll
2: talk with Joe Bartnick about that 9.15, uh, host of the Puck Off podcast. Also Mark Madden next hour 9.45. Val has news coming up at 9.
0: Bare Knuckle Boxing is returning to the United States. And there's a Pittsburgh tie. Yeah. Oh, cool. We'll talk about it. Speaking of the good old days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's gentleman boxing, but still. Do they uh, have to have handlebar
5: mustaches?
2: I'm pretty sure, I yeah. Think- Drums. Just. This drum sound always sounded like. I always want to. I always want to tighten his drums up. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, get your key. Hey-o. No, look, <laughs> like Ginger Baker always lost his drum key. He's just it's really just rattly. He's pow, pow, pow. got a boxy sound. Has anybody seen my drum key? Where is it? Somebody has it. <laughs> Did anybody watch the Fred Armisen Netflix special, uh, the for drummers or whatever the hell it mm-hmm. was? No. I mean, I, I felt it It wouldn't apply to me. It doesn't. I'm not a drummer. And you're right. Yeah. It was so specific. I was like, ah, I've been around drummers my whole life. I'll get it. Like, after like 10 minutes, I'm like, this doesn't interest me. Is it jokes <laughs> specifically
1: just for drummers? It was all about drummers. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> That's a very, very specific special. Very. I'll tell you a special that I recommend anybody seeing is uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin's special. It's awesome. Yeah. A night that you'll forget. For the rest of your life. They did that show here in Pittsburgh. I saw oh, it. It's that, that's awesome.
2: It's so funny. So so funny. And they're they're just so good with one another. Yeah. They're such a good comedy team. Oh. And they basically roast each other for a half an hour. Yeah, they do. Just totally trash each other. Uh it's really fun to watch that. Highest recommendation for that for sure. And I don't have any more I'm done with Wild Wild Country. I'm done with Evil Genius.
0: What's I- Wild Wild Country?
2: Oh, dude. Oh, I've seen it, but oh, I don't
0: know. Well,
2: you gotta. We, we got a new one Oh, for you gotta year. watch Wild Wild Country.
0: Is that about... What is that about?
2: The cult. Bhagwan uh, Rajneesh.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: It's, it's so awesome. It's so weird. Like, anytime they highlight any kind of cult figure, I'm like, how long until this guy has sex with everybody? Because long- I always think that that's the scheme. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing, the yoga, and best to do it naked
0: <laughs> and just the women <laughs>
2: right no no watch this there's some bizarre footage in this thing uh wild wild country on netflix it it is i find it really entertaining because like the folks that, that you know the libertarian oregon archetype person having to like defend their land from all these crazy people who are coming in and have a ton of money and they have what they think is the law on their side with all of it And the battle that ensues, it's so great.
1: Really good. Yeah, I recommend it.
0: That's the Bagwan?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What did you think it was?
0: I thought that was a different one.
2: Bagwan Rajneesh. E? I don't know. Sri Rajneesh? Just watch the wild, wild country. (laughs) Is there a different Rajneesh? I don't know. Was there one in Franklin we were unaware of? (laughs) I think there might be. What do you got next?
0: We're going to talk about bare knuckle boxing returning to the United States, and there is a Pittsburgher involved.
2: Puck Off Podcast host Joe Bartnick, our buddy Joe, at nine fifteen. Double M, Mark Madden, nine forty-five, and don't forget we added another show just announced it earlier, to the DVE Comedy Festival lineup. Bert is doing a Bertcast podcast live from the Rex Theater Saturday night, June 30th, and tickets will go on sale Friday at dve.
0: It's 74 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. Former Daily Show host Jon Stewart is unveiling new plans for the National September 11th Memorial and Museum in New York City. It's a design for dedicated space, recognizing all those who are sick or who have died from exposure to toxins at the World Trade Center following those terrorist attacks. The design will be incorporated into the Memorial Plaza and also honors 9-11 rescue and recovery workers. Stewart is an outspoken advocate for first responders battling 9-11 related health problems.
1: I love that he stayed with that because mm-hmm. I remember watching The Daily Show when he had all the firefighters on. And that was some really, really powerful TV. He kind of crossed over there mm-hmm. a little bit, like it stopped being a comedy show for a second, just because he cared so deeply. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice to see that there's, you know, he's still fighting for them.
0: According to a new study, staying away from bacon and booze reduces your chance of getting cancer. Researchers found we should eat very little, if any, processed meat like bacon or ham. If we want to steer clear of bowel cancer instead of bacon, scientists say eat lentils. Do they have lentil bacon? What's a lentil? Alcohol is also frowned upon, as it is supposedly linked to six types of tumors. Now, to be clear, even bacon or booze once in a while not gonna do you in. But researchers warn that doing something unhealthy every day can definitely lead to trouble.
2: What about once in a while for f- twelve
1: hours
0: in
4: a row? <laughs> <laughs>
0: what about bacon fest? Yeah.
1: What, what are uh, what are lentils, beans? Okay. So they want you to just eat beans all the time? Pretty much. Okay. That was weird that they're like sure. instead
2: a bacon, have beans.
0: Just have some beans. Aren't they legumes? Bacon flavored beans.
1: I never know what lentils are.
0: Yeah, I think it's a legume.
1: It's a it's what's a, a
0: legume? <laughs> it's an edible <laughs> it's pulse. A, bean. a lentil. A, a pulse?
1: Yeah, that's what it says. What it's is An a edible pulse? pulse.
2: It's a bushy animal plant of the leg- legume family, known for its lens shaped seeds. Uh they're like t- they're like tiny little beans. Okay, great. Basically.
1: I was just...
0: Not <laughs> as tiny as keen. I really want
2: to no.
1: take a uh, a break from eating meat, but I can't tell anyone because then they'll just clown me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take <laughs> a meat sabbatical. They're like,
0: what? I go through phases. Like, I've had several hot dogs and hamburgers this week just because of the holiday.
1: Right. Is there ever a day where you don't eat meat? Yes. All the time. To- mm-hmm. Yesterday. Really? All the no meat yeah. at any point. Yeah. No. No lunch meat. No. No pepperoni. No. Yesterday I had
2: Meatless the Monday, Bill. For a whole
1: day? I had veg
2: I had a vegetable soup for lunch. No the, beef that, in that it. That giant eagle one that's awesome. The Tuscan vegetable soup they sell. It's like the best soup I've ever had. And then uh I made fish for dinner because you see, Bill, on Memorial Day. <laughs> I was rifling down Smith's okay. hot dogs. Yeah, there it is.
0: Meat it up on. All
2: right. Yeah. So, so I try to make up for it. You were meat toxing. Yeah, but today is uh, going uh, same thing though. All fish today. That's the plan. Salmon's like not fish. But to that's me, though. an Salmon's animal. Salmon's like steak. Yeah, it's an animal. I'm not going all veggie. No. No. It's hard to go all veggie. It is hard. Like, where I, we, if I had saying.
0: to, I could be a vegetarian, but I would just eat pasta every day. <laughs> pasta and salad. That would be oh, it. Yeah.
1: I could easily be a pastafarian. Right. Yeah, I could do that.
0: Vegan, Just no straight way. up
1: spaghetti or some version of that. You know what's so good now? And the kids reintroduced me to it, and I absolutely love it. Butter noodles with Parmesan cheese. Oh, dude, so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. You throw a little <laughs> garlic in there? <laughs> I don't know why it turned into Sebastian Miniscalco. Oh, yeah. Oh. Put this Give on. me some uh, some pastina with some butter and some Parmesan. Oh, yeah, dude.
2: <laughs> it's basically like it's the precursor to mac and cheese. You're one yeah. step away oh, from I mac love and it. cheese. You, oh. put, you put a grated cheese on it, right? Of course. Right. So it's mac and cheese.
0: (laughs) I make cheapo mac and cheese. A
1: deconstructed mac and cheese. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, I just had it again not too long ago. I used to eat it a lot. I used to eat hot, just eat a hot dog, no bun. A hot dog and... No hands. (laughs) (laughs) You really have to get after it. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's not the first Gurgle bite it. that's weird. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's the second,
1: third, fourth, and fifth. Val eats hot dogs
2: like a seal off a plate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All
4: you
1: have to do is... Oh, nice.
4: No, yeah, do but Leave no,
0: it, it out. Leave Let it. It go. Uh it But <laughs> Macaroni with milk yeah. and butter
4: oh, and yeah. salt
0: and pepper and a little bit of Parmesan cheese. But not cheesy like mac and cheese. It's more soupy.
1: There's this... Um... This this club or this so club up in in Toledo and I think there are a couple different other places where it's called like Catfish Blue or something. I can't remember what the name of this place is but they had a pasta there that had sausage and chicken and shrimp mixed in with
4: mm-hmm. the oh, I'll tell you the all time greatest be good for you the
1: greatest pasta
2: in the world is Ruby Tuesday's Southwest <laughs> Chicken Pasta. Where you go and it's this big plate of like Are you making fun of me? No, dude, I love it. It's oh, like okay. penne
0: Where is there a Ruby Tuesday? I
2: don't know. They had them in Erie when I was living in Erie. They have They uh, have one I think in the waterfront. Remember we thought that guy who got hooked up from Premarie's, he said he was a security guard at Ruby's. We're like, Ruby Tuesdays needs security? <laughs> uh no, but they had it was black <laughs> yes. beans, chicken and like a spicy tomato uh uh c- kind of cheesy, you know. It was yes. like a vodka Kind of sauce, but it was it was spicy uh, with chicken, and it had like black beans in it. Southwest pasta, so it was like mac and cheese, chicken with salsa kind of taste to it. It had to be two thousand calories. Ugh. It was the greatest. My roommate was a manager there.
1: I'd be like, dude, bring me back plate of that southwest chicken oh, pasta. Yeah. Oh yeah. My sister opened the uh, the Dave and Buster's in the waterfront, and they they initially oh, had their it was awesome. like this blackened chicken pasta. Right when they open. Oh, and it was a huge like bowl of it. Like a mixing bowl. It's the biggest. <laughs> oh my
0: God. What is this? 70,000 calories? If you're vegan, what do you use as eggs? Like if you're making something that calls for eggs. I don't know. Uh, almond milk? You just don't use eggs, I guess. I don't know. No. Nothing with eggs. No cheese, no butter. <sighs>
1: Oh god! I but can't. I've I've it's had a, I've had a couple <laughs> friends go vegan, and they swear by it. They feel healthy. Greg Warren. And it's
0: got. A, is he a vegan?
1: He he's not a total vegan. No,
0: He's a vegetarian.
1: Yes, I believe he actually he might be a
0: pescatarian. He can eat,
1: he can eat fish.
0: Well, yeah, because he loves red lobster.
2: But he said he feels a million times better.
0: Well, a lot of people have, you know, celiac. Well, that's not vegan, but right. But some kind of uh, digestive issue. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Wheat Belly.
0: Lactose intolerance. Is.
2: Wheat Belly. They should. That sounds like a place you go shopping. Oh, they yes. have that at Wheat Belly.
0: The U.S. is getting ready to host <laughs> bare knuckle boxing for the first time in more than a century, and they're sponsored
2: there, by CTE.
0: There is a Pittsburgher fighting. A group called Bare Knuckle Fighting Champions is putting on a legal night of bare knuckle fights this Saturday in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It'll be the first. Legally sanctioned no-gloves bouts in the country since 1889. Oh, my God. The matches will include former UFC heavyweight champ Rico Rodriguez, former Bellator heavyweight Eric Prindle, and former boxer Paul Spatafora.
2: Oh, Spatty's doing it. Oh, man. A Pittsburgh kid. See, I like the thing that Barstool's doing where they just get dudes to, like, you know put on boxing gloves yeah. and beat the hell out of each Rough other. Rough and rowdy, yeah, they that's, just get
1: like it's a great average idea. Joes from some town. Great idea. Who can throw down well, but are like, in no kind of fighting shit. How does it's how
0: do like they, the guys who did the thing here?
1: Right, tough guys. Yeah. But when we asked them about putting on another tough guy show, they said the boxing commission would never let it happen. How do they let that barstool thing happen? Yeah, how do they get insurance? Because you don't know if any of these guys could drop dead. What if I mean mm-hmm. some of the guys that are fighting are so sloppy built where it looks like they could take one punch to the chest and have a heart attack. right?
0: Organizers say the night will also feature what they're calling the first-ever women's bare-knuckle match, pitting former UFC flyweight Beck Rawlings against boxer Alma Garcia. That event at the Cheyenne Event Center is a Saturday and begins at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. It is available on pay-per-view.
1: See, I like tough guys, and I like the the very beginning of the UFC where there were players... uh, Fighters had... A specific discipline, and you got to see which discipline would win out like if a judo or yeah, a Greco Roman wrestler fought, you know, a, a, somebody who knew judo, and it was always like the Hoist Gracie, the Muay Thai guy choking out some huge behemoth. And I really like that now, everybody's like a hybrid, everybody can grapple, and everybody can strike, and everybody can wrestle. And they all kind of look the same.
0: A Florida man. No, no, Wrap it up. Oh, Sorry. that's right. Sorry, we got Joe Bartnick coming up. Forecast today hot and humid showers and thunderstorms, mid 80s for the high today. 74 now at DBE. Host of
2: the Puck Off podcast, Joe Bartnick joining us right now, our buddy uh, from California. What's up?
6: How you doing, Josie? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, doing all right, I'm real good.
2: Not sure if you saw the ratings for game one of the Stanley Cup final but Pittsburgh finished 3rd behind Vegas and DC. I mean, people are way into it here even though the Penguins aren't there. We feel because of Flurry and uh, mm-hmm. I mean Reeves, Perron, and uh England, you Naylor. Yeah, there's a
0: uh, Right.
2: Niski. There's a bunch of Pittsburgh connections with this one, but maybe none bigger than the guy we all commonly hate, which is Tom Wilson. So <laughs> Tell me, perfect on skates. What do you? What, what is your take on the league having nothing to say about that particular hit, given his history?
6: Well, first of all, I'm going to say I did see the numbers because it always makes me so proud that Pittsburgh has really become a hockey town. For the Penguins not to be in it by two rounds now and to show that they're right behind Vegas and Washington, I, I think is just a tribute to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. on the on the hit. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it should be suspension-worthy, but I think it should have been a five gamer at the time of the infraction. I think suspending him a game in the finals. I don't know about that, but it definitely should have been caught. You know, I so mean, you meant a
2: five-minute major, not a five gamer.
6: Yes, exactly, a okay. five-minute major. I, I think I don't know how everybody missed it. How did everybody? I know it was so late that all four referees didn't see it. But I can't believe that none of them saw it. I just think all of them were afraid to make that big of a call. And I think what was even worse was then to equate it. Well, Perron did cross-check Ovi. What Ovi and Perron were doing was playoff hockey, a little cross-check battle. That wasn't a hey, it's three minutes late after the play. The guy (laughs) isn't looking blindside shot.
2: What about the Reeves cross-check before his goal?
6: Once again, you know, that is really just playoff hockey, and they weren't calling it. I think that's kind of why the terrible Tommy went nuts was because Washington was getting out physical. Reeves was running around, and also uh, England and McNabb were really having their way with the top guys on Washington. I think that just incensed Tommy, and he didn't know what to do, and since he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, he just went out and cheap shot at Marshall. Marshall's on
2: so what do you make about Ryan Reeves uh, all of a sudden having two huge goals in two huge games back-to-back?
6: Well, you know, he's getting more ice time, and that's the way I think Gerard Gallant already won game one coaching-wise. You know, he's rolling four lines, and Trotz is already down to just playing his top two lines and feathering in, you know, Lars Eller a few times. Um, you got to play guys. They, you know, you want to get guys into the game, and that's what – Gerard Gallant's doing and we we always knew that Reeves could play a little bit is he the fastest guy in the world no but he goes to the net and he does have some hands I mean you know he's not you know a LaRue or LaRock he does have a few skills
1: well that's what I wanted to ask you Joe do you think that this is just a hot streak that Reeves is on or do you think that Sully just didn't use him enough
6: well, I think Sully could use him a little bit more, and he's still not going to score a goal a game. So he is on a hot streak. Right. But I think he could have been used a little bit more. But I mm-hmm. hate to go against Sully because he did give us two cups.
2: <laughs> yeah, he did. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Uh, it, Sully right now is uh, – and then his uh, his farewell – uh, um, letter to the fans while he was having a Guinness and a cigar on his porch only endeared him further into the uh, the, the Penguins' uh, psyche, I think. Penguin fans, that is. All right, so game one goes to the Golden Knights, the good guys. I think everybody in Pittsburgh is rooting for the Golden Knights, but Mike Pursuit is one of those people who appreciates Ovechkin's place in the game. I mean, he's one of the all-time great scorers in NHL history, and seeing his name on the cup seems like – yeah, that would that would be an appropriate uh, 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 end-ending uh, you know stat for Ovi to at least had one cup. I just don't want to see him win it. <laughs> I am rooting so hard against the Capitals. Uh, I don't I don't know how you feel about this. Is Flower making you root for the uh, Golden Knights?
6: Well, I'm absolutely not an Ovechkin hater. I I think Ovechkin is amazing. He's you know the best goal. Score of this generation, and just an amazing player. He's fun to watch. He's one of those guys that you you have to just watch now because one day he's not going to be around. And I think hating Ovi is kind of the way people hate Sid. I think it's just a little bit of jealousy. But how can you not root for the flower? Wow. Absolutely, one hundred percent in on the flower. And also, you know, I'm not anti Tommy Wilson the way you know I'm anti Claude Giroux. But
4: seeing what, seeing
6: what he's done this playoff series, you know, this year. I don't think it's fair or right or the hockey gods should not be with Tom Wilson this season.
5: Joe, you think we've seen the last 6-4 game in this series?
6: Uh, probably, but, you know, I will say this. I think Washington's going to rue the day that they did not win when Flower was not at his best. Because you know Flower's going to come back and at least have one donut this series. So I think, you know, to lose game one when you're ahead, you know the, you know the numbers, Mike about how teams that win game one in the finals usually end up winning the series and Vegas never loses at home. And the fact that they had them down in the third and they let the Vegas third line score two goals and then the empty netter, uh, they have to rue that day.
2: So, I don't know how much you're paying attention to what's happening here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm not sure if Mark Madden is just ginning up all of this controversy, uh, if a Ron Cook article is doing it. But everybody seems to be fascinated with the future of Phil Kessel in Pittsburgh.
6: Yes. Well, you know, I think if you are going to trade Phil, strike while while the iron is hot. He had 92 points this season. I would not be so fast to trade Phil. He led the team in points. He led the power play. He is Phil Kessel. I wouldn't be so fast to trade him. Uh, I think he's needed. I think he's a winning piece. I know the argument is where are you going to put Sprong, and then it makes Rusty a fourth liner. I know all that, but I would just be uh, I would just be hesitant to hurry up and throw the baby out with the bath water.
2: I like thinking about him in a bath. I don't know why. Just imagine,
0: Mr. Bubble. uh, Just imagine Phil like
1: takes baths. Yeah, just kind
2: of
0: like a baby. (laughs) Like
1: somebody else has to bathe him. Yeah,
6: (laughs) more like more like hot dog water. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, who do you got, Joe? (laughs) Who do you got?
6: Well, I picked Vegas in seven, so I think that always leaves you off the hook because as long as Vegas wins, I'm correct. But I do have Vegas (laughs) in seven. I was sick of going against Vegas. You know, I picked Vegas to beat San Jose. And they did, but I picked Winnipeg, so I'm, I'm I'm back to Vegas because first of all, I just it's hard. I as much as I'd like to use my head, I just was not going to root against Mark Andre Fleury no to make myself smarter. Yeah,
5: what uh, you see out of Vegas that you didn't think you would in that Winnipeg series? Because I had Winnipeg too.
6: Uh, the fact that they really withstood all the physicality that Winnipeg has. You know, and they shut down the power play of Winnipeg for the most part. And that's another reason why I think I, I picked uh, Vegas was the, for two reasons, really, was they pretty much shut down the power play. And Line A is basically the junior assistant in Obi's office. They basically run the same power play. That and the fact that, you know, Vegas is a dump-and-chase team. They're the best dump-and-chase team in the NHL. And how did Washington beat Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay? They clogged up the neutral zone. They did the the left wing lock, and Tampa and Pittsburgh, skilled teams, they want to go east and west. It's like they almost refused to dump and chase.
2: Joe Bartnick, host of the Puck Off Welcome. podcast, always a pleasure talking to you, Josie. Thanks for making up uh, or making uh, time this morning from the West Coast, man. Appreciate it. Get Great back insight, to the Berg
6: dude. too, man. I can't wait. You guys are the best. All right, man, we'll bye talk bye. to you soon. See you, Joe. See you, man. Joe
2: Bartnick, Puck Off Podcast. Make sure you check it out. All right, Michael, have a full sports report when we come back. Mark Madden, 945, coming up right here on the DVE Morning Show.
0: You know, Mike, uh, huge event tonight, uh, the event of the summer, in fact, on NBC. American Ninja Warrior back.
5: Yeah, no, uh, the 10th anniversary, and appropriately enough, Uh, They're telling us the course is better than it's ever been. It's tougher than it's ever been. The athletes are better than they've ever been. This is really going to be something special. How
0: can they make it tougher and how can they get better athletes? I don't know. Well, Uh, they get younger. That's right. It's a Uh, young
5: man's game or a young woman's game.
0: (laughs) As young as 19 can compete this year, that's a little bit different. And everybody has their favorite part of American Ninja Warrior. But what does host Matt Eisman think?
7: I think the best part of this show are the stories we get to tell. Because you realize it's not the obstacles they overcome on the course that people identify with. It's the obstacles they overcome off the course.
0: Yeah, that's one of the really amazing and inspiring things. A lot of these people were covering from major illnesses or injuries, and it makes me feel like a total failure as a human being. Yeah, me too. But
5: I appreciate the stories, but don't underestimate how tough these courses are and to me, the the anticipation that builds, you know, they go from one challenge to the next, and it gets tougher as you go, and there's that uh, anticipation and that fear factor. Are they going to make it? Are they going to fall? What's going to happen here? Yeah, a lot of, it, oh, oh, yeah, oh just, my God. You're on the edge of your seat. It's really compelling.
0: Yeah. Uh, Matt Eisman, tell our listeners what is at stake this season on American Ninja Warrior. And at the end of the season,
7: whoever it is who goes the farthest, they're going to walk away with $100,000 cash. <laughs>
0: American Ninja Warrior tonight on NBC.
4: DVE
2: Sports. Mike Pursuita with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show.
5: Let's pick up where we left off with uh, Joe Bartnick. Some interesting takes on the Stanley Cup Final. Game 2 coming up tonight. Vegas and Washington in Vegas. I'm going to disagree with Joe on one point. I think Washington will dump and chase more. and and not be as stubborn through the neutral zone. I've seen the Capitals make that adjustment before. I think they are uh, more likely to do that than, say, the Penguins would have been. And uh, they're they're kind of a a similar team to Pittsburgh in that Washington's highly skilled and Washington likes to make plays with the puck and on the rush and all that. But uh, I think they learned a lot about the ice conditions, about the way Vegas is playing them. And I also think that uh, there were a lot of opportunities not finished by Washington. I think Washington established that it can score on Marc-Andre Fleury. So we'll see if that keeps up or if, uh, as Joe said, the donut's coming at some point and that was a rare off game from Fleury. I I think it was I didn't think it was an off game. One bad goal. uh, But there was a ton of chances in that game. And uh, if, if the if the high number of chances continues, then I think the Caps are going to find the back of the net. But uh, I agree with them 100% on that. Uh, how effective Vegas is on the forecheck and just getting in the uh, attack zone and wreaking havoc without the puck and hemming you in and forcing you into mistakes. And uh, Washington struggled with that. Uh, that's, they're going to have to figure something out in terms of getting it out of their end or they're going to be vulnerable the way Braden Holtby was. In game one, so many of those goals were from right off the doorstep at both mm-hmm. ends. Hacking and whacking. Get the puck to where it, where it needs to be and then do something about it. Uh, pretty simple strategy, but uh, should be effective. Uh, about that Ryan Reeves goal, we've talked a lot about the cross check that preceded it, but uh, that was the fifth time in the last six games that the Golden Knights countered a goal against with a goal in less than two minutes. Talk about not blinking. These guys get scored on, they just come right back at you. And uh, they're kind of relentless that way. And uh, that's tough to deal with. The Caps coming off a loss in game one. Uh, they're trailing in a series they have trailed in every round this year, so that's mm-hmm. nothing new for them. They are 12-8 uh, and eight overall, 4-3 and three after a loss.
1: Resilient. This team, this Caps team, that's one thing
5: I can say about them. That's why they're here. Yep. They they are more resilient than they've been in a long, long time, and uh, that's why they made it this far. We'll see if they can finish it off. Tom Wilson will play tonight. I thought Bartnick was going to come down on him like a ton of bricks.
1: Yeah. No, he was – I think he uh, – He kinda, hates him. He just hasn't
2: reached the Giroud level. He revised his take on it. No, I think his initial uh, response on social media anyways was a little more uh, – Apoplectic. And this one was a little more
5: measured. Well, it's easy to get emotional about it as it happens.
1: Well, because you didn't know if he was coming back in fifteen minutes. You know, you think, oh God, he did it again.
5: He he injured another star. Well, if he injured him because he hit him too hard, that's on the other star. I We're all in agreement on two things on that, right? It was it was very late. But it, was it was dirty. It was shoulder to shoulder. Yes. It was dirty though. But yeah, if yeah. it's
1: if it's late enough where <laughs> He's hunting there,
5: and it's predatory. I think it's yeah. dirty. Well, here's a pretty good dog. Right, who, uh, c-
1: who cares if he uses his shoulder or not?
5: Here's a little advice for the Golden Knights. If he's out there, he's going to try to hit you. Don't don't stand around Keep and, your head on a and, swivel. and wonder how could this happen.
2: It's- God, he looks like Buddy Ravel from 3 o'clock high. Every time I see him, it's all I can think of.
5: He's about the same size, too. Yeah. He's a giant. And that number uh, Joey B. referenced on winning Game 1, uh, 78.2% of the time, the team that wins Game 1 wins the Cup since 1939. Pirates uh, are giving the ball to Joe Musgrove tonight against the Cubs, and man, do they need a stopper type of effort out of Musgrove in his second start with the Pirates. Uh, he'll be opposed by Kyle Hendricks, who's 4-3, 3.16 ERA for the Cubs, who beat the Pirates 8-6. to Last night, uh, Musgrove threw seven shutout innings at the Cardinals on Friday night. He gave up five hits, didn't walk anybody, struck out seven, and only needed 67 pitches. Man, he was down in the zone all night. And uh, the Pirates need somebody to pull them up by the bootstraps because they've lost four in a row and nine out of 11. They're down to 28-26 and overall, six games uh, behind Milwaukee in the NL Central Division. Both uh, the Pirates and Cubs were uh, reportedly told by Major League Baseball last night that the Anthony Rizzo slide on Memorial Day should have been catcher's interference. Uh, it was ruled uh, a legit play on the field and then uh, reviewed in New York and re- ruled legit. Really interesting take on that on uh, TribLive.com today from Jason Kendall via Joe Rutter. Kendall, the former Pirates catcher. Uh Here's what he had to say to Joe Rutter uh, regarding how Elias Diaz handled himself in that situation. Quote, as soon as the ball is hit, as a catcher, you know if you have a chance at the guy at first base. The important out is the one at home because you don't have to tag. So you instantly get out in front of home plate and have your right foot at the top of the plate, and then you push off with your right foot so you're clearing out. If he has his foot on the front of the plate, he clears himself out easily, and Rizzo doesn't come close to him. Watch it. He starts from behind on the plate. If a first baseman puts his foot on the middle of the bag, do you expect the runner not to step on his foot and snap his ankle? None of this happens if the catcher would have been set up the right way. Um, I hate to say it, but Joe Madden is 1,000% right. That's Jason Kendall's take. And he adds, yeah, he's a jerk. He adds, <laughs> "quote The game is turning soft." Look, that's a different. Ar- you you can argue that the game
2: is soft and you don't like the new rule, but under the that posy rule,
1: you can't steer towards the guy he he left the base path well, he, yeah he, if you're altering your path to make contact with the player right which, which he did that's you're in violation of the rule yeah. argue the rule not whether or not he broke it because
2: it's plain to see he did doesn't matter and then the cubs just totally cucked the pirates for two straight nights after that oh yeah we blew up your catcher and then you didn't do anything about it and then the guy who did it hit a home run to help us win the second night, and our come from behind and the Cubs fan caught it in right field. And only eleven thousand showed up to see it. Oh boy. Well
5: <laughs>
2: Well, hopefully things will turn around for the Buccos.
5: Just need a, a really well pitched game tonight. that sometimes that's how you get out of a bad stretch, right? So what do you know, Joe? Go out there and throw another seven shutout innings, that's all. Mark Madden. Actually, maybe nine, given the state of the bullpen. Mark Madden coming in next. How we need this? a complete game tonight from
2: Musgrove. This line of uh, shows we have here in Pittsburgh coming up. Tonight, Bill, Bone Thugs and Harmony are at oh, yes. Mr. Smalls.
1: East 99. That's I right. got to go.
2: Eternal. Uh, also, the Decemberists tomorrow night will be here, and Royal Blood is at Stage A.E., the Decemberists.
4: Oh, I are, love Royal Blood.
2: Uh, at the Ben them. Royal Blood is at Stage AE tomorrow night. They're awesome. Dave Matthews is out at KeyBank Pavilion on Friday night. Justin Timberlake will be at the arena. Frank Turner is going to be at Stage AE. Or, I'm sorry. At, oh, yeah, yeah. Stage AE on Friday as well. And Mavis Staples will be over at the beginning of Three Rivers Arts Festival. Not to mention, Code Orange Grammy nominated uh, Code Orange, Pittsburgh Zone. They're going to be at Mr. Smalls in Millvale. That'll be a huge show. Uh, you got the opera at South Park Amphitheater that <laughs> night. And then Saturday, Kenny's coming back to town. Hey, Kenny. 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 Oh, Kenny. And then Jack White is out at Key Bank Pavilion as part of X Fest. Journey and Def Leppard will be at the PPG Paints Arena. You have a light Deutschtown uh, Music Festival showcase at Market Square Saturday, featuring Andre Costello and the Cool Miners, Whoa. Grand Piano, Lo-Fi Delphi, and the Lopez, and uh, Billy Price back in Pittsburgh again to support his new album "Reckoning" at Moon Dogs.
0: Oh my goodness! What a weekend! Wow!
2: Tons of live music this weekend. Make sure you, you go see some. I'm going to all of them.
0: Not your wallet.
2: It's a DV morning show. 105.9 commenter joining us here live in studio. Always a pleasure.
7: Hello, everybody. I am 105.9 commenter. That's not what you do. That doesn't happen. What do we
5: call you for an endearing nickname? Like one?
7: I don't need an endearing nickname.
5: Ex commenter. The old one oh five niner.
7: I'll be at the uh, I'll be at the power game tonight, Randall, supervising the boycott from, from inside. Kind of like Bill, what did you say last Trojan week? Trojan horse. I'll be the Trojan horse of the boycott, yes. <laughs> what
1: Are inning you... will you be leading them out?
7: I go for the whole game. I just eat and, and booze. That's it.
1: Fantastic. And I keep score
7: because that's my tradition going to a ball game. I keep score.
1: Sit in the fancy seats?
7: Yeah, Cambria Cup. It's awesome. Is it?
1: Yes. Never been there.
7: You should you should treat yourself. You can afford it. God knows, you've been in Lexus Club. I bet that's even nicer.
1: Oh, the Lexus Club is tremendous. Lexus Club,
2: uh, they give you uh, you get a you get a meal. They
7: it's do like, it at the Cambridge Club too,
2: and yeah. oh. free food. And then they give the you whole food time, <laughs> the rest of the night.
7: Same thing, same deal in the Cambridge Club.
1: Uh, Hot dog, one it's and a delightful pretzel, the next why peanuts, the next.
7: Why ain't they bean Rizzo at least? Because they're cowards. Because they're yellow-bellied dogs. <laughs> No, I like say that Funk was like Terry Funk once said, when you see the pirates last night lay down and die after being intimidated, old Yeller ain't no dog.
1: Yeah, I thought he should have wear one the next time to the plate.
7: I mean, not only that they've lost nine of eleven now, couldn't they have stood to deliver themselves a wake up call and you know try to rally themselves around a, a bench emptying incident? I mean, it's just a team that that. It, 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 whatever it is it never had it still hasn't got
2: joe madden and now jason kendall both saying oh totally clean slide despite what the league has said
7: i would love to see jason kendall if he absorbed that slide it, it had been whining like the whiny biatchi always was and joe and joe madden's just joe madden oh and e n is just a miserable jerk i mean you know he won one world series he said Unlimited resources to work with in Chicago. He's only won once, but everybody remembers because they... Uh, Curse breaker. Yeah, they didn't win in forever, and now he acts like Abner Doubleday. But to be fair, he acted like <laughs> Abner Doubleday before he won, like he invented baseball.
2: That's who Abner Doubleday is.
7: The inventor of baseball. You, you knew that, right? Yeah, I was just glad that you explained it. Well, <laughs> I, I, I never assume the listener knows too much. Who invented base- or basketball? Dr. James Naismith. Dr. James Naismith, who invented football. Vince Lombardi. Chuck Noll.
2: Chuck Noll, correct.
7: You know, I want to talk about the Roseanne thing. I don't. Okay, here's what I think. Okay. Uh, I understand she should be fired. She really should be. Uh, and that was when she went way over the line. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the ambient tweeting or whatever. But uh, ABC is owned by Disney, right? Correct. Disney also owns ESPN. Correct. Here's a couple Keith Olbermann tweets in, in recent days to uh, – To some sheriff, Joe Arpaio, are you familiar with him? Yeah, the
2: racist sheriff who was pardoned pardoned by the president despite the fact that he's a felon.
7: Right. Uh, Keith Olbermann tweeted, you and POTUS can go F yourselves, you racist Nazi Fs. And then he also tweeted, F you, real Donald Trump, Nazi, Nazi, F Nazi, Nazi, racist Nazi bigot, go F yourself, uh, racist Nazi effers.
2: I see there being a difference between telling racists to F off uh, and... Just being racist.
7: I think using the f word repeatedly on Twitter is not something that Disney should tolerate from an employee. Maybe not.
2: I wouldn't equate what he's doing with Roseanne. Uh, the the I, reason
7: I, I would equate it in terms of embarrassing the company. So when you fire Roseanne and don't fire Keith Olbermann, in fact, give him a promotion, increase his duties, and that's good because I think a sixty-five-year-old man should do something else besides stay home and play with his baseball cards. But uh, but but when you when you fire Roseanne and don't fire Olbermann, you're picking sides. You're not doing what's right. You're picking sides. Honestly,
1: but
7: where does no, Oberman they, work
1: No, 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 no.
2: I Racism could, is not an ideology. Racism is not a side. Racism is what both sides should be against. There so, is one thing where a guy is calling out the people who are racist in a manner. You, you can say he should be fired for doing that, but not because it's the same thing on the other you're side. Right. You're, you're right. You're Those right are about two that. different things. That, that's a good point. You just, every side should rail against racists. Right. She is a proven Time-honored racist. She has always been this character. Okay, it is not th- the one about, tweet that did it.
4: it she has established the company, a part then. of.
2: That's a different thing. She's established it. a pattern e- of saying black people are like apes. She has established a pattern of anti-Semitism. She's established a pattern of 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 backing up and retweeting conspiracy theories that is, are is, steeped in is racist tropes.
7: Trump a Nazi? Because uh, called him a Nazi. That's a terrible thing to say. The, these are different
2: differences of opinion. You, uh, racism is not an opinion that either side is going to embrace. So I don't know. I you they, can
7: say he should be fired, but not. It's not the same thing. Well, they should both be fired because their w- their conduct is both embarrassing to, to Disney. Yeah, I don't care.
2: I'm not defending Keith Olbermann. Uh, I, I'll defend anybody who calls out Nazis and racists. Yeah, and Joe Arpaio is a definite racist. There's no doubt about that. And Trump a Nazi?
1: See, I, th- I think that... Is he a calling- member of the Nazi party? No. I think that calling people Nazis is not helping anything. Right. Yeah, I agree. And Keith Olbermann, that's fine. But
2: I, if you want if you want to lobby to get him fired, I don't really care about that. But what I'm oh, trying I'm to gonna say gonna is you cannot I don't say... No, he already that- has the pirate boycott. I mean, he's got too yeah, much got, on his plate. i got a
7: lot going on.
2: <laughs> well, the idea... I don't like you. I don't like it when somebody gets fired for a joke. But this is not a joke this is an established pattern of racism I, I don't
7: disagree with that but by the same token it disturbs me a bit that now we're putting rules on being funny
2: no no no, you, no 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 we're putting rules on racists we're putting rules on racism and a, you cannot say this was a one off joke she uh, has uh, uh, repeatedly all in the used
7: racism as the central theme of its comedy this is
2: not satire okay completely different you're being disingenuous if you say it's anything else.
7: No, I know. it. I Like I said, I'm not defending her. I just don't like it when there's rules on being funny, which there are now. No question. She's not being funny. Well, that's a good point. It wasn't funny. It was her lame attempt to be funny, and it didn't work, and it was racist besides.
2: It was another promulgation of racist tropes, which she has done what? repeatedly. <laughs> that was a lot. It's a lot of words.
1: A lot to unpack there. No, like, dude, I'll defend
2: tropes. I will d de- I'll defend you for saying something stupid, like, you know, you shouldn't have got fired for what you said that one time. But uh your
7: bosses, uh, you know, they were probably looking for a reason. Keith Olbermann calling the president a Nazi F is far more offensive than what I said. Was
2: he uh then employed by
1: ESPN when he when he put that on there? <laughs>
7: Worse if he wasn't. Then he went and, fired the, and hired the guy who did that, but I, I don't know.
1: I honestly didn't know he was on ESPN. I, I just thought he was a crazy well, person on the his internet. Duties.
7: They're increasing his duties. Well, at any rate— uh,
1: He's increasing his duties. I
7: can't wait for the Pirate game.
1: You're very excited about that.
7: Yeah. Why wouldn't I be? I, here's my to thing. Go and, Mar- to go and see them not battle for nine innings? It'll be inspirational. Well, we're really. going
2: to go and honor Stan on Thursday. Right. That's very nice. Good for Stan. I'm very happy award about from that. The Pirates.
7: Right.
5: On Thursday, we're looking forward to that. You
7: said right. you keep score, right? Yeah, I do. I keep score. I, I keep a scorecard at the baseball game.
5: If a guy's caught looking, do you put the backwards case? Yes,
7: I do. That's great, right? Yeah. No, that, that it makes you pay attention to the game. And I, and I think, you know, I, I really, people won't believe this. I really do like baseball. I think it's a great game. I just think the Pirates have ruined interest in the local franchise for people who would like to, you know, do their best to win and play the best players and goofy stuff like that.
1: Didn't Doc Ellis give you a ride home or something like yeah, that?
7: Yeah, yeah. I've told that story on the show, haven't I? Uh-huh. Would I like to hear it again? Yes, Randall.
1: I mean, is it funny? But tell it as Roseanne. <laughs> Make it really racist.
7: <laughs> Let's just talk about something else. Then, look honestly, this is my thing
1: about this is my thing about the whole Roseanne thing. I think it's just so dumb to get fired for something you say on Twitter because, like you, yes, like you say it. all the time, like Twitter
7: isn't real life. Well, like, and so I, why, uh, why get fired? It's now going on eight weeks where I've stopped responding to people I don't know on Twitter. Uh, it has brought about such a blissful change in me. I'm so happy <laughs> not dealing with the Hoy Police.
2: I want to tell people you did come in singing today. Yep. You seem yeah. happier. Mark uh, uh, threw the door open and said,
1: good morning, everyone. And then he kicked. He did a high kick. <laughs> he touched. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he, he high kicked and touched his toe. <laughs>
7: yeah. I couldn't touch my toe. You did. You held your hand straight out, and you kicked and touched it. Absolutely not.
2: You did. Can like, I look,
7: touch look, your toe? Do, uh, <laughs> can't do it. Oh, you're going to fall backwards. Can't Don't do, do it. it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Bad. Credit for trying, which the Pirates didn't because they're cowards.
5: Did you like game one, or do you want a little more structure? And, uh, uh, no. How nicer ice? How about a better ice surface?
7: Very exciting. Now, they're saying the ice was bad because... Of the pregame,
2: I think the ninety-degree temperatures and think, humidity has a lot Hockey to do with the
7: Pyrotechnics <laughs> in, in in late May might have more to do yeah. with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it didn't help to have ice capades before the game.
7: Season's too long. I mean, that's without that's a doubt. It, it In a nutshell, but I thought it was a great game. Uh, I thought it, it, it's a very clear delineation. It's the it's the it's the Knights' speed and team cohesion against the Capitals' physicality and star power. I, it's a classic matchup, and I thought the first game was great. I I just don't want to see Tom Wilson get his name on the cup. Uh, Then again, I don't want to see Revo get his name on the cup either. I I don't like the goon who plays the star, and for him to get the game winning goal in the first game would make him even more insufferable than he usually was here, even when he was a scratch.
2: And you're fine with the league no action on Wilson?
7: Given the way they've applied the policy, yes. Uh, But that should be a suspension. Because Marcus show didn't die? It's just, that's right. Yeah, right. It's just not in there. And plus, he came back in the <laughs> game, and that shouldn't matter, but it does to them. Mm-hmm. You know. But the thing is, you got a goon. you got a guy who couldn't play the game a lick and, and just stayed in the game by being a, a cheap, dirty you know, uh, goon, uh, making the determination on that. And of course, he's going to protect his own. Of course, he's going to defend perceived grit.
2: Mark Madden, he's on 105.9 The X. Freedom of expression. All day long.
7: went from three to
2: six? On 105.9, the X. Yeah, three to six.
7: Well, that, don't forget, when I say something offensive, that's 105.9 commenter. <laughs> it's, not one, you. One it's, not you. it's not
2: The only old 1059 I've heard him call. Freedom of speech is not freedom of consequence. <laughs> I know. As you well know. <laughs> don't I ever. <laughs> as you
7: no, no, no. And it's the same. Well, but yeah. it's the same thing. If the NFL owners would tell the players they have to stand, then they have to stand. Or, or get fined or suspended or cut because it's a condition of employment nobody isn't
2: be- it a weird thing though like are there other civil liberties that are restricted as a condition of employment anywhere I was trying to think of this yesterday probably like <laughs> can your employer keeping you keep you from going to vote can, or I mean that's probably a bad one' didn't I'm, they I, take, I'm not, didn't I'm they not take trying God to make the argument. Of I'm, the trying schools? To, I'm, I'm wondering if there is one
1: well didn't they t- sort of restrict it by uh, eliminating it from the schools, like they don't do the God Bless America at schools anymore.
7: Don't they do the Pledge of Allegiance anymore?
1: I don't think so. Uh, I have no idea. But but
7: like if 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 that costs the business money and they make it a condition of employment, I don't see how anybody could have a problem with it. They made a big mistake trying to split the difference to keep everybody happy. No, they honestly, it- if
2: they wouldn't have said anything, it would have gone away. Yes, that's
7: right. Yeah. Every every time they they make a quote unquote decision, or in this case promulgate your word a giant loophole then it just resets the, the 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 news cycle which is the last thing they want to do and yet they're stupid well in a way in a way it's inspiring because you've got a bunch of rich white bullies the NFL owners mm-hmm. who have who have bullied people all their lives based on being rich and being white along comes a bigger richer white bully that's bullying them even though the whole thing's pathetic it's also kind of funny
2: mm-hmm It'd be funny if it wasn't so pathetic.
7: That's, I couldn't have put it better. That's the slogan for Mark Madden's show. Three to six. I, no, I think you got it backwards. It would be yeah. pathetic if it wasn't so funny. Uh, that's something. I know there were pathetics in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was the first word. Though.
2: <laughs> i got to talk to my publicist. Somebody better figure this out. Uh Michael have Valerie or uh, I'm sorry uh uh Mark will have Valerie Jarrett on the show today and and uh, Keith yeah. Olbermann Wait what? Jameel Hill, you, you know, and, Keith uh, Olbermann an
7: all-time sports center great.
2: Everybody hates Keith Olbermann. There's nobody that likes oh, Keith he, Olbermann.
7: I was going to say but I hate him. Yeah. The, he has no fans. Uh, the people And he thinks everybody has a personal agenda against him. Like one time I commented that that he, he did a commentary and I posted it. I said this is you know right to the heart of the matter on whatever issue it was I forget and he and he tweets back given our past I really appreciate that that thing I go what past like cuz like you know I don't I just don't take slights between
2: uh, Oh so you complimented him on a commentary Yeah and he, he was said, like, he goes, "Given I, that you
1: hate me.
7: Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I just never even thought of that for a how second. How did he
1: know your inner thoughts? Maybe he had your diary or one something.
7: Time, one time I wrote for the Post-Gazette when I wrote a column for them. I wrote a thing. That when Keith Olbermann went to MSNBC, mm-hmm. I said Keith Olbermann sabotaged his career because he'll never have the visibility that he had on ESPN again. Right. Which I think is true, by the way. And it must be true or, or else he wouldn't keep right. coming back. Right. He wrote a letter to the editor in the Post-Gazette. And he goes... I don't need my career advice from from Mark Mann, especially when he looks like he just fell off the turnip truck.
2: Isn't that so weird? Like, Jay Leno, you'd do the same thing. He'd read every word ever written about him across the country and respond.
7: I thought thought it was nice in my paper to print that. That was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Never has an employee been so hated by his employer. I mean, the Post-Gazette might have liked me less than than the NFL liked Kaepernick. (laughs) I don't know.
2: I don't know about that, but um, at any rate, listen to Mark this afternoon tomorrow on the show, especially, by the way, to uh, Joe Bartnick from the Puck Off podcast for joining us earlier and Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Kunkel. He'll be down at Hambones tomorrow night where they're doing uh, comedy all night as they do on Thursdays. John Hodgman, author of Vacation Land, on the show tomorrow and we will honor Stan the man along with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates tomorrow. He'll receive uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award, I believe, also uh, alongside
7: Bob Smizek. Yeah, that's great that Stan's getting honored.
2: Bob Smizey. You should have Bob on your show to celebrate his <laughs> award.
7: I would sooner feed my genitals into a meat grinder. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be good radio. Yeah. <laughs> do we have a meat Is grinder?
7: Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I said that no. We do still a classy meat. Pittsburgh.
6: Don't touch your face.
4: I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
6: For so now, you guys call me Ronald.
4: Would you not eat my pants,
6: Ronald? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat>